Welcome to Be Your Scary Best, a podcast where we watch scary movies and then rant about them while sometimes eating and always drinking. I'm Ashley. I'm Bradley. What are we drinking today? Today I made a mistake. I bought strawberry margarita, but I didn't really look at it, and it's the kind that's supposed to be blended with ice. So I just started pouring it into my margarita (laughs) water bottle like usual, and I was like, this is really kind of syrupy, and realized about halfway through my pour what was happening, so I mixed it with Sprite, and I'm hoping for the best. Oh, all right. It still feels kind of syrupy. (laughs) It's also 10% alcohol by volume, so... We'll see. I don't know how much the ice is really supposed to thin it out or if I'm still drinking the same as I would with ice. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. What are you drinking today, buddy? Uh, a co-worker recommended this to me. It's from New Glory Craft Brewery. It's got some psychedelic looking gummy worms on it and it's called Gummy Worms Chewy Pale Ale. And at the bottom it says one can of something random. So it's going to be uh, a little interesting to find out what the something random is. And let's ASMR it. There we go. Oh, that was a good one. That nice hiss at the beginning. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's a little chewy. It's a little chewy. It's, it's pretty good though. How is a beer chewy? Hit questions. <laughs> Full of flavor? I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can hear a third party laughing, it's because on today's episode. <laughs> <laughs> we have some very special guests from Lex and Matt's Excellent Adventure podcast. It's Lex and Matt. Say hello. Hi, <laughs> Thanks so much for having us on. I'm Lex Hi. Lutz. I'm Matt Peters. Hey, Brad. Hey, Ashley. Hey. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Well, tell us about your feelings about chewy beer and tell us about your podcast. <laughs> well, um, our podcast is not like a chewy beer. I can say that for sure. Um, wow. Uh, chewy. My goodness. Uh, hopefully there's no gummies like stuck to the bottom of the can. That, that can't be too enjoyable. Uh, yeah. I mean, the worm and tequila. About as enjoyable as a, as a syrupy margarita. I mean, I, I yeah. imagine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That was great. Um, yeah. Are you so guys drinking podcast... anything? As ex- oh, no. You're, sorry. Go right ahead. Yeah, just real quick. Uh, so our podcast is The Excellent Adventure. So it's basically about our friendship, uh, how we evolve as people. We cover stories um, or how our friendship has evolved over the Wow, we're coming up on two years now of doing this. So, oh, man. Yeah, that's kind of, I usually am like, it's about our friendship, but it's also about like nerdy things like comic book stuff and <laughs> things like it's, that. It's definitely the epitome of that meme of you know, and it's got the kids sitting next to the little billboard with people laughing. It's like how I feel when I listen to podcasts. Like, that's exactly how <laughs> when I came across it and started listening to it, I was like, oh, it's exactly how I feel. I'm talking, but nobody else can hear me. Oh, well, that's thanks, honestly, man. that's the greatest compliment ever. Like, that's what you want from a podcast. So that's great. <laughs> exactly. If you're, you if know, you're... I'm the same way because I messaged you, Bradley, about <laughs> your podcast like I did earlier when I was listening to Scream. The oh, yeah. Episode, and I was like, wait a second. This isn't right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you're driving in your car and yelling at your radio, that's the ideal result yes, of listening yeah, exactly. to these, you know, podcasts here. So, yeah, yeah we're ba- basically a foul mouth. Uh, I'm sorry? <laughs> for those people as my pod friends. Yeah. We're not yeah. friends, we're pod friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, we're basically a foul mouth Ernie and Bert, if you can imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> much. yeah. yeah. That actually really does fit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, also, no kidding. Lex, I just have to say, you have, like, the most soothing voice to me. Like, I, the first time I, listened, I was like, oh, I don't know that that's not, just not what I expected you to sound like, but I was like, oh, she sounds nice. 
That's, also, that's just nice. for, for everyone at home, we're also all on webcam with each other, which B and I don't usually do that. We don't. I, he doesn't need to see what I look like when I record this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we don't record on video either. No. Yeah, so we're all on video with each other, too, which is a new and fun experience. Yeah. <laughs> nice when it's multiple people, I think. I think uh, that, yeah. that helps a lot. Or just like one giant face on a screen. Yeah. Right. Like congrats, faces. Yeah, and congrats, Lex, because the voice thing has been passed off to you because. That's kind of what, that was the compliment I got when we started doing this, so it's been passed off to you now. That's very sweet, thank you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't usually think that way like, about my voice, so I think everyone's always critical of things like that about themselves, but Matt's the voice, the voice person of our duo. Ah, we share that right equally. Yeah, you, sure. you both are like a warm embrace mm-hmm. talking, that's for sure. Yep. <laughs> I just don't want to put people to sleep, that's the only thing. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but but I don't want to be rude. I want to honor my 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 role as guest here on the show tonight. I am drinking black coffee. Oh, nice. <laughs> hats off I'm for drink- drinking black coffee. Uh, I'm drinking <laughs> a blueberry sparkling uh, water. Oh, okay, but what brand? Waterloo is the brand. Waterloo. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Based on the hit song. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I only buy sparkling water that uh, is ABBA-related. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you know, you'd think that'd be difficult, but I bet you it's not. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, with our special guests, we're continuing our back-to-school series with one of my so-bad-it's-good favorites, 1998's Urban Legend. Written by Silvio Horta, directed by Jamie Blank, starring Alicia Witt. It is Witt, right? Or is it Vit? I believe so. I think it's Witt. Yeah. Rebecca Gayhart, Jared Leto, and Loretta Devine, in addition to a bunch of other familiar late 90s and early 2000s faces. And as usual, this is your major spoiler warning if you haven't seen the movie. All right. Oh, so, I, just, I just saw Ashley get out the notes. I did. The, note, the notes are <laughs> present. I don't remember the first time I saw this movie. Like, <sighs> I know it was, I mean, obviously after Scream. When I was like, oh, slasher movies are kind of fun. So I know it wasn't in theaters, but it was probably like shortly after it came out on video, I'm sure. Because obviously my friends all love Dawson's Creek. So we were like, Joshua yeah. Jackson, we're going to watch this. This is also why we watched why I watched Skulls it. nine million times. <laughs> God, why did we watch the Skulls so many times? I loved Dawson's Creek and I'm with you on that. Like, why did I watch that freaking movie? Because <laughs> so Dark many- Academia is the best aesthetic. That's why. Well, it was Paul Walker, too. So it was yeah, like the ni- late 90s combo. Yeah, it was like Secret Society, Murder, like the, the peak actors of that time. Yeah. Stumbling yeah. down. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I just I just know at some point I saw this movie and I was like, oh, I like this one. I still don't yeah. think I've ever seen it in full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I know it had like four sequels or something like that. None oh, the Skulls. The... I thought you were talking about Urban no, Legend. No, no, not Urban Legend. <laughs> I was talking about Skulls. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is over. <laughs> yeah, I'm really going to freestyle it. <laughs> you know, it's kind of fun when that happens, though, because one of my other favorite podcasts, they do. Um, there was one time where one of the hosts read the wrong book. Oh and then they oh, tried sh- to make her guess based on her knowledge of <laughs> teen pulp fiction and the title of the book and like the blurb what happened like what was the plot of the book and like she was way off but it was really fun (laughs) what do you think happens that would be kind of interesting i love it just one person explaining a book to another and that's the show kind of like the end of the ant-man movie where the guy's like wrapping up everything that went down (laughs) yeah right 
I love I watched reasons just that. Oh, like, yeah. the fact that they didn't do some kind of, like, YouTube video or something with him about, like, between, you know, like, Infinity War and Endgame is mm-hmm. a big fail. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no kidding. That would have been very interesting to go sit down and see Endgame and all of a sudden, just before the movie even starts, just Louise pops up. So here's what happened. And there we yes. go. <laughs> In the Baskin Robbins uniform. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, exactly. I mean, I think I saw this when it came out on VHS. I don't think I saw it in the theater, but um, it was one of those, you know, Friday night rentals. It was a horror movie in the late 90s, and we, when you went to, uh, for here, it was Hollywood Video. Um, I don't know if that was a thing everywhere or not. Yeah, that's um, where I, I would rent my movies. Oh, okay. That's where I ended up. I, I w- it was DVD by the time I watched it. Um, it yeah, it might have been yeah, like that's, the transition. Right. Yeah, that's. I remember watching it at like... Around the time I got into Dawson's Creek, so maybe like 12 or 13, something like that. Okay. Saw like actors that I knew on the cover kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't remember much of it, though, because I haven't seen it since. Oh, wow. I remember specifically going to see this at the movies because this came out around the time that I started dating. And <laughs> horror movies were like the go to back yeah. then oh, yeah. i mean even i mean that's 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 just <laughs> universal but yeah i was uh going to see this i was going to see disturbing behavior the screen movies that sort of thing it just was like one big group of us that would go out and see mm-hmm. these type of flicks but <laughs> I, like you guys i i think i only saw it that one time at the theater and that was a wrap yeah i think i watched it a couple times on vhs when we rented it and then a couple years ago it was like on sale on voodoo like around Halloween, I was like, boop. It was like $2. I was like, yes. <laughs> Thank you. I need to watch this some more. Let's do that. Does this so, movie have like a big cult following or something like that? Like, is this a. I don't a think movie? so. I don't no. know if it's a cult following or just a nostalgia thing, you know? Uh, yeah. Because yeah. that's, that's basically what it is for me. Because I saw it so many times when I was younger. And then I remember, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, you know, it was in like the $5 bin at Walmart. I was like, oh, I'll buy it. And then I never watched it. <laughs> Just, yeah. just pure nostalgia of like, oh, we still watch this all the time, but I own it now. I'm not going to watch it. Right. I remember being fascinated with where Michael Rosenbaum was going to end up next after doing this. <laughs> yeah. Like first it was, oh, hey, Zoe Duncan, Zoe Duncan, Jack and Jane. That's that guy from <laughs> Urban Legend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then it was, oh, Zoe dot, dot, dot. Oh, that's that guy from there. And now he's in Smallville. That's amazing. Like he's just had that <laughs> career trajectory for me. Just like, I'm so glad he's working. Good for mm-hmm. him. Yeah. And he's got a really good podcast, too. Yes, mm-hmm. he does. <laughs> Just the way it thinks. So, let's talk about this movie. <laughs> For the stats, like we said, it came out in 98, rated R, an hour and 40 minutes, and it has a 21% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Goodness. <laughs> That's actually so low. No, I don't I... think it has a cult following. <laughs> oh, I guess not. I thought this movie was going to be a little bit higher than that. That's surprising. But it's was... a small cult. You know. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I a small one. I'm the leader. Thank you. Comparatively, yeah. though, I want to see what the the sequel has because, as we discussed, the sequel is terrible. Yeah. Sequel has a nine um, percent. Yeah, the sequel is <laughs> real bad. Which one? There's only been one sequel to Urban Legend. Oh well, no, there was there was one formal one though because the other oh. one's not connected by the same people. So like one oh. that was like the same people involved and actually had like the actors from the first one and the second one. Yeah, that third uh, one was just oh. capitalizing on the name, I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That million dollar name. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> it is a good name. It is a good All name. Right. <laughs> so the movie opens with It's Raining. We see the title, we see credits, does all that right 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 up front, which is nice. We see a car driving down a hallway or hallway. A highway, it's an SUV, it's really dark and rainy, like it's clearly not like safe. Uh we hear uh we're in the car then and we hear the Pendleton radio station and we hear Sasha for the first time <clears throat> and her radio show basically about college students having sex. Go her. At this point, uh, she's digging around trying to put, like, find, like, a tape to put in her car. She almost hits another car, puts in the tape, and then starts singing very badly. Oh, my God. I I was wondering, like, is this supposed to be taken seriously? Like, are you (laughs) supposed to believe she's doing a good job? Because I do not remember being this cringy. (laughs) I think it's supposed to be that bad. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's like Like, they they kind of want you to sympathize with the killer at first. Yeah. Yeah. I remember... my note here is I wish she had I wish she had a total eclipse of the mouth because she yeah. was singing total eclipse of the heart. So bad. It, yes. And it, it makes sense why in uh, Scary Movie 2 when Anna Ferris is driving and she's singing along to, I think it's Vitamin C. There's very early 2000s for you. She's singing yeah. very terribly and all of a sudden the music cuts out and Vitamin C comes in and just goes, will you shut the fuck up and let me sing? And then the song yeah. resumes. God, yeah, that probably is what that's from. God, I was thinking of Scary Movie this whole time, too. Like, oh, really? Like, yeah, I just kept a... thinking of the pair. Like, whenever I watch these movies, these, like, late 90s, early 2000s horror films, I immediately think of the Scary Movie parodies that happened at the same time. Because they were just yeah. really good. Especially mm-hmm. the first two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we see this person drive past a big, well-lit, busy gas station. It starts to rain even harder, and her gas light comes on. And she pulls into this small, ancient gas station and starts to honk for the attendant because it's raining. And I'm assuming they're in a place that doesn't let you pump your own gas. Um, which then I thought of Cabin in the Woods, which was, I don't know if it understands money. <laughs> oh, yeah. Barter gas. <laughs> um, oh, man. The attendant comes out and kind of like jump scares her. Um, the person clearly has a stutter and she's just like a rude ass bitch to him, which is why I never feel bad that she is our first victim. <laughs> like, she's awful. Like, right from the start. She can't sing. She's a dick to a, a worker at a gas station. Like, no. Chop off her head. Um, <laughs> it's worth noting that it is Brad Dorf, too. Right? Yeah. There's lots of trip fun to be about that. We'll talk about later. <laughs> it's also very clear that the attendant sees that there is something in the back of her car, and he kind of panics. So he, like, leaves with her card, comes back and says, you need to come inside. There's an issue with your card. And she's like, oh, my gosh. In her paranoia, she grabs her pepper spray, but gets out, locks the door, when they get inside the gas station, he makes the mistake of locking the door before he tells her what's going on. Yeah, that was weird. I, I understand her panic. Yeah, yeah. Like, that point where I'm like, oh, dude, I know what you're trying to do, but you're doing this in the wrong order. I mean, <laughs> yeah. maybe because he knew what was back there. He was like, okay, well, safety precaution while I tell her what's going on. But obviously because of his terrible, is it a stutter or a stammer? Because I think there's a difference, right? I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm thinking stutter. Okay. But- yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like really bad. So he obviously can't get it out fast enough. Well, and, and when you're panicked and scared, it's even he, worse. Oh yeah, right. definitely. And then he had a Bobcat Goldthwait thing going on too, a little bit. You know? <laughs> yeah, the really long, stringy hair. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they did a good job of making you feel like he was he was the bad guy in the beginning, though. Like, yes. like that yeah, this was going direct. Yeah, they they it was really. I thought it was subtle how he looked in the back seat and saw the thing and like. 
so when he ends up, you know, shouting at her, you kind of go, oh, crap. Like, yeah, right? right. Well, because he locks the door so she gets in and then she goes to the phone and he did enough to unhook the phone and make it look like he was on the phone. So she went to the phone and no one was there. So, like, yeah, I would freak out from that, too. At this point, he's trying to tell her what's going on. He physically can't say it. She sprays him with the pepper spray, breaks the window to get out of the station and basically, he's trying to yell at her to stop. She gets to her car and, like, zooms out of there. And then we see him standing in the rain yelling, there's someone in the back seat. Oh, man. That's, yeah. like, oh. the best stinger, I think, in the entire movie, which is kind of sad that it's in the beginning. But that's, like, the best oh, shit moment in the entire movie. Yeah. Right. Agreed. Well, this is that's- this is what the uh, the horror films of that time inherited from Scream. They had to have that big opening. Yeah, right. But yes. funny enough to me, it made me feel like the intro to uh, Six Feet Under, where they show you how the person died that oh, week. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And they, I was expecting it to fade to white and then just show her name. And then- <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Uh, like, wait, I don't remember Michael C. Hall being in this. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, she's driving away. It's raining hard. She's crying. A shadow comes up in the back of the seat, lifts up the axe. She sees the person in the rearview mirror and just goes, <gasps> and then we just see chop. We assume that her head is cut off, or at least she's dead. It breaks the window. Which? That is our intro. That is, seems a bit dangerous to cut off the head of somebody who's driving high speed down a rainy yeah. road. I mean, he'd have to be quick, chop her head off, and then grab that damn steering wheel. <laughs> yeah. There is actually, in the trivia, there's a theory about that. That we Ooh. can talk about. Ooh, okay. I found very interesting. All right. I got bored. <laughs> I started to get this movie already. <laughs> Sorry. It's the first time where I'm back in the basement with my, my stuff set up the way I like. So as soon as the baby was in bed, it was like podcast time. Yeah. Your microphone's <laughs> not set up in a in your husband's underwear drawer. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you know what, though? That was a really good height. I could sit comfortably <laughs> and talk. It worked. <laughs> You know, Fruit of the Loom, good acoustics, you know. You gotta uh, yeah, right? get what you can <laughs> That's get. That's true. It kind of had this, like, padding, didn't, things didn't echo. It was <laughs> yeah. nice. Well, then we were looking at what's clearly a college campus in the various stereotypical Eastern kind of way. Um, <laughs> again, we see Sasha in the building doing her radio show, being, you know, very sassy and sexual. And, of course, it's Tara Reid, so we expect nothing less. <laughs> Um, then we see kind of friends together in what's clearly like the campus cafe kind of area. There's like couches. It's a coffee house. Very chill. Very 90s. Uh, and Parker is telling them the story, which is Michael Rosenbaum, is telling the story about this Stanley Hall, which is an abandoned residence hall on their campus and how um, it's haunted because there was this professor who massacred all of these students. And it's been, you know, this many years. And so every year we use in, in honor of this massacre, we hold a giant frat party. Yeah, that's as really one does. accurate. <laughs> oh, I, I want to know. I want to know real quick. Have any of you guys ever had? I mean, I know a lot of us all had our urban legends growing up, like Bloody Mary and stuff like that. But did you guys ever have anything that was like localized? I guess like it only yes. you only ever heard about it happening in your area. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, you know, growing up in Chicago, okay, sorry. (laughs) Growing up in Chicago, like Candyman was not only a movie, but that was a very scary thing for kids. And when I was little, man, you would not invoke that. You wouldn't even joke about it because you're liable if you're doing it like in the in the school bathroom because you know kids and everything. Someone's gonna turn off the lights and run out and just freak you out. (laughs) So yeah, that was a thing. The Pop Rocks and, and Soda, that was kind of a thing, too, oddly enough. So no one did yeah. try it. <laughs> okay. So near Milwaukee, 
There's an urban legend about a place called Haunchyville. Wow. Haunchyville. Where and the way to get to Haunchyville is that you there's a certain set of train tracks and that instead of going over them you turn and you drive alongside the train tracks and you will get to this little area where there's no roads to it and you'll find all these little houses and basically it was that there's two theories. There's one that there was like a mental hospital that shut down and this is where they like migrated to to kind of like live on their own their own little community or that it was a group of um little people who like after being treated really poorly by the world were like fuck y'all and went off and made their own little community. There are many people I know who think they found it, but this was like a very specific <laughs> thing. And if you google this, this is actually very specific to Milwaukee. <laughs> it's like Honchyville <laughs> weirdness um like our area south of Milwaukee that this is like a thing. That Honchyville is a thing. Um, definitely something I learned about high school, and I was like, how how they survive out there? Hmm. Like, I had lots of concerns about the 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 reason that this propagated, but it was a very specific thing. And the other thing, too, is that if you would go there because you were an outsider, they would, they would try and hurt you. They would, like, chase you off. Right. Like, try to hurt you. So that was the scary part of the urban legend. I, to this day, don't know if this any of this is true. I tried researching it a couple years ago. I should really try again now that the internet is better and fuller um, than, like, when I was in college. But, yeah. So that's the urban legend about Milwaukee. <laughs> I don't remember any urban legends growing up, really. There was, like, a... There was... I don't remember what it was called at this point. Oh, Enchanted Forest is the name of it Um, in Maryland, where I'm from. It was open in the, like... 60s or something like that and then i think it closed down in the 80s so it was an abandoned tiny amusement park um so it had that creepy factor but like they never took anything down they just Hmm. kept it maintained to a degree uh and i know some guys uh filmed a horror film in there years back i I ended up tracking it down and watching it and it was was, i mean it was low budget and everything but Mm. yeah i i don't but there wasn't like specific urban legends to it it was just kind of like that like oh it's abandoned it's creepy whatever well because everywhere has haunted places but i think like an urban legend just has something a little bit more than like oh that house is haunted it's more like oh there's this perpetual haunting or this crazy story of a murderer or like met like something really like Mm. a little bit extra has to happen Mm -hmm. it's a Mm -hmm. it's a full story yeah yeah it's got to be like more to it that's how i think of it at least like yeah i don't think i ever had anything localized other than i mean yeah like we did the bloody mary thing the Candyman thing i think only happened with us just because of the movie basically like that was strictly it um but I, i grew up in a predominantly like um Mexican town so that we always got the you know the Kukui and El Chupacabra and stuff mm-hmm. like that which um I grew up with the I'm half white half Mexican I grew up with the white side of my family so there was <laughs> there was nothing like that <laughs> so n- not really does was, like Catholicism count because I, I grew up with a lot of Catholicism and uh, that, yeah. that there, there's some urban, <laughs> you know yeah I mean yeah. I don't want to offend anybody but I might classify that as an urban legend <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was trying to think if there was anything specific to any of the college campuses I've worked at that would be like an urban legend, but most of it's just hauntings. So mm. haunted college like, could be fun. No, I, mean, I feel like a, a lot of urban legends no. were spawned from no. <laughs> a lot of urban legends were spawned from the whole John Wayne Gacy uh, situation too. Like in the '90s, oddly enough, in Chicago specifically as well, or it might have been more national for all i know but they would say homie the clown yes that same clown from in living color (laughs) was kidnapping kids into vans with candy and stuff like that but yeah it seems like every 
place had their own clown thing going on. Too. Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely. if it was really that Damon horror Wayans, film was a was clown. It was a clown film, by the way. That was filmed uh, in the Enchanted Forest. It was clowns. Oh, yeah. Oh man. Clouds on the loose. <laughs> horror movie or porno? Uh, <laughs> why can't it be both? Hey. Hey. You know, it is the season, right? It's weird. Let's get started. Why not? Well, in that, in that, with that in mind, uh, my friend just sent me a really good pickup line about Halloween. So it's, you know, Halloween's coming up, right? Do I look like a haunted house to you? No. Good. Then you don't have to scream when you come inside me later. <laughs> hey. Oh my God. I knew that was going to go to that I, end. I think that I told Matt this one, but since we're doing horror film, this is good. Uh, last year, uh, I was on dating apps uh, and I matched with a girl <laughs> and it was around October, like the beginning of October. And like, I tried talking to her and she didn't get back to me, which is very common in dating apps. Like anyone's used it. Like eh, some people never even talk to you, but like, I thought that the way that this app worked was that within 24 hours, it disappears. So I thought the entire chat would disappear. I did not realize that once you initiate the chat, the chat stays there. So uh, I messaged her. I said, hey, hey, girl, is it spooky season? Because I'm feeling ghosted, thinking that it would disappear. (laughs) And it stayed there. And And she came back. She's like, haha, spooky season or whatever. And like thought it was funny. And she was like in a relationship with someone else. Like she was like, I'm starting something with someone else. I'm like, that's fine. Good luck. Bye. Sorry. Oh, man. I thought you were going to tell me it said like, oh, that was funny. And then down below left the chat. It's like, oh, (laughs) I mean, maybe I don't. I don't know the details of it, but <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Oh man! At this point in the movie, Paul Jared Leto comes in to shit all over whatever it is that Parker has to say, basically being like, "There's a story like this on every campus. There's no evidence. This isn't real." And kind of just gives him shit about like this is fake. We also find out that it's very clear uh, that Brenda, played by Rebecca Gayhart, has a giant crush on Paul. Like Paul walks in the room and she's like. Oh, like, he just, her whole face lights up every time she sees him. Uh, and so she's talking to our main character, played by Alicia Witt, whose, like, name I just completely forgot. Natalie. There we go. We've Natalie. got a lot of Natalie characters yeah, they're on this all, show. They're all terrible people. Like, I don't like any of these characters. <laughs> <laughs> I also want to point out, this is the first on-screen team-up of the Joker and Lex Luthor. So, oh, man. Look at that. That, that deserves that acknowledgement. Is, that is a valid point. <laughs> so at this point after hearing the story and being creeped out brenda and natalie are walking back to like their residence hall and they walk past stanley hall and they're kind of joking about urban legends and so brenda drags natalie up to the door of stanley hall and says bloody mary nothing happens and then they hear like screaming and then bah here comes damon joshua jackson to scare them he clearly has the hats for natalie yeah like right from the start so we know that Nobody who ends up together is interested in each other in the beginning. No, why is he so blonde in this? He like, scared me. With it's not, <laughs> it's not um, enough that he, because like in Dawson's Creek in the beginning of season two or whatever, they have like the whole joke about Pacey frosting his tips or whatever. Like he gets like highlights and that's yeah. bad enough. Yeah. But like, it's so blonde. It, I, I don't know if they were just trying to like make him look different from Pacey, but he's basically p- playing Pacey anyway. Like, I, I don't get it. No, he's he way more. Super... Damon is way more of a dick than Pacey. I'm wondering, I think. <laughs> remember cool Pacey's intentions a, Pacey's he was a dick too? in the beginning, too. That's true. Yeah. I'm wondering, I think he was blonde and cruel intentions, too. Oh, oh yeah. maybe this was a summer of blonde. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
The Super That's... Saiyan Pacey right here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the late 90s. They were all taking after Cisco. They're like, oh, you know, he can dye his hair blonde. Like, all the guys can dye their hair blonde now. <laughs> no, although, you know what? I can still sing every single word to the thong song. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Cisco is successful. I don't think anybody Natalie... was a bigger Cisco fan than me in the 90s, which is, I'm kind of sad to admit that, but hey. That is, that is a very, very <laughs> tragic sentence i i don't know how else to speak <laughs> like, hey i was a fan of drew hill and i was like oh hey he's doing a solo thing like i'll listen to it and i'm like okay it's not as good but it's still fun <laughs> hey i'm not gonna leave you guys hanging i dyed my hair blonde too all right i was a fan <laughs> i ain't gonna lie i <laughs> yes. need pictures i destroyed what? all the evidence it's gone it's done i don't believe you someone <laughs> send it to us stricken from the record yeah i know jesus I mean... know this d d help me out help me out <laughs> Come on. That's Matt's wife. <laughs> no, I remember there was one very, Cisco also had one very like sappy, like the love song incomplete. And I listened to that mm-hmm. song a lot. Like one of my eighth grade breakups. That, oh. that was it. <laughs> that was the song. That yeah. was a rough week. It yeah. was a rough week. Oh no. I was referred to as a serial monogamous. I literally have not been single since the age of 13. <laughs> like, I think the longest I went was like six months and that was ninth grade. Hmm. <laughs> My friends would love to dissect that for you, but we won't on a podcast. <laughs> That's a different podcast altogether. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. At the end of this one, I got to remind Brad that he needs to make a guess about my 2001 date movie. Oh, so. Damn it. All right. <laughs> you guys anyway, have to help me so out. Natalie, yeah. Natalie goes to her room and turns on the light, and her roommate is having sex. And she's like, you know, the roommate gets super pissed. She turns off the light, basically gets ready for bed, puts on headphones. They're still fucking. And she's just like, I'm going to bed. Um, <laughs> this is a very intense and uncomfortable and non-consensual moment of, like, forcing your roommate to see you having hardcore sex. I'm like, I mean, yeah. this is bad. <laughs> let's this is let's, really let's bad. finish this mental image here. It's not just sex. It is no. sex to, like, grindcore music <laughs> they're very goth he's like the guy is like wearing white makeup like eyeliner yeah long scraggly black hair like walmart marin manson or marin manson oh perfect, going perfect. On right there. so it's almost well, we also- like bad roommate style half the room is goth half the room is not you know yeah. and, and we Natalie definitely get the impression this happens all the time yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, like I love the idea of you're inconveniencing me by turning on the light. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> what? Like you're in college, was doing the the tie on the doorknob not a thing? Like, come on. There really isn't a signal for girls, though. Uh, put a and sock on the doorknob. <laughs> like, as the oldest person in the group, I can also say that like we had texting by the time that was an issue. So you just texted your roommate like, "Hey, I need till X, Y, or Z." It's the it's the fact that. Natalie is like, oh, this happens all the time. If I don't just put on headphones and sleep through it, I'm never going to get to sleep in my room. <laughs> is what That's what tells you something. Is like, oh, Tosh doesn't care. And like, she just, at this point, she doesn't either. Yeah. I don't care if it makes me a snitch. I'd be telling the RA or whatever. Like, I'd be, I'd be <laughs> reporting her to someone. I'd be like, I can't do this. I'm in college, bitch. What are you, what are yeah. you doing? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. also worth noting that the roommate Tosh is a, a horror alum. She was yeah. Well, uh, she wasn't yet. Well, she, oh yeah, she was in the in like Halloween four and five when she was like twelve or thirteen. Oh, when she was really little. Oh. Yeah, that's true. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, there were a few of those little like cameo type things, but yeah. I didn't know that. 
But regardless, Daniel Harris went on to be quite the badass in the horror community. So the next morning, uh, Natalie's in class and they're in a class about folklore and urban legends. That's the dog. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) She's groaning about folklore and urban legends. (laughs) It is, of course, taught by... She's like, nope, I'm out. Yeah. (laughs) The class is, of course, taught by Robert Englund, who is Freddy Krueger. And he's talking about, you know, what's Contemporary folklore, these things are morality tales. Oh my gosh, what do you want? (laughs) And come over here. And so he starts telling the story of, you know, the person who's babysitting and then, you know, someone's calling and she's worried about, you know, are the children safe? And then she realizes that the call is coming from inside the house. And, you know, she had a bully over like all that. It's like this is morality tale saying like, you know, don't do these things when you babysit. And then Brenda's laughing and the instructor's like, do you have something to add? And she goes, maybe the moral is don't babysit. (laughs) Yes. That is is the correct morality. Um, At this point, the professor that, or professor Wexler volunteers Brenda to be part of the next experiment, which is take some pop rocks, which she does. And then tells her to drink a soda. And she said, no, because she heard, you know, that can kill you. It'll make your intestines explode. And she's like, Oh, who did that happen to? And they're like, Mikey from the cereal commercials. You know, Mikey likes it. Um, (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah, that was. I remember that one. Like I remember I that. Don't, like, I had like, never heard that one before this movie. I remember yeah, that very clearly when I watched this. Was like I'd never heard of the whole Pop Rocks and Soda thing. Yeah, there's a, mm-hmm. there's a kid that died from Pop Rocks and. But like I remember growing out of that and not thinking that was a a thing. I'm I'm shocked that a college age. Yeah. Uh, person is like, you know, no, that'll kill me. What do you really? <laughs> I'm so glad they did that on MythBusters though. <laughs> they they yeah you know they got like a pig stomach or whatever which is like really similar to ours and this and that and then they were like no in the end you're just gonna have a very big burp and they were like oh just for fun like they dumped a bunch of pop rocks a bunch of soda and like tied off the stomach and then it burst but they're like that's (laughs) never gonna happen to you (laughs) yeah Yeah, too much flow going on yeah at this point damon volunteers because damon is a dick he takes it everything's fine and then suddenly he starts to like have it fizz out and freaks out and he's like spasming on the floor and you know parker's like oh my god someone yell 911 he's like there's a phone coming out of his mouth everyone like everyone panics are down the floor with him and then damon starts laughing because it was all a prank and parker was in on it um and the instructor's like oh my god like seriously retiring this year (sighs) yeah yeah i'm sure i'm sure those two annoyed wexler immensely (laughs) yeah I mean, the professor was just so pretentious. He was doing that pretentious-ass white guy thing, you know, <laughs> before we had the internet hardcore and we had to trust guys in the in the tweed jackets to just stand up and tell us everything. He's, I know more than you. And it's yeah. like, oh, no, I may have just killed this college student. And instead of looking concerned, he's like, well, he probably shouldn't have ran up here and did it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I think he was like, yeah, this is a prank. Like, this isn't real. Yeah. I, I don't think he believed it was real either, just yeah. because they were so... I'm so bored of this shit. Like, it's, it's so funny, too, because yeah. when Joshua Jackson is, like, starting to, like, freak out, he totally, like, grabs onto the professor when he falls. He totally just goes, like, whoops, and, like, looks at him and just watches him fall and doesn't even try to help <laughs> <Yep>. him. <laughs> yeah. I, he, I also love, he reminded me of uh, Trevor Lyle in Candyman. That's what I thought of when I watched it this time, mm. as I was, like, her, her pretentious-ass husband. She's like, you weren't going to do the urban legend thing, and he goes, well, too bad. <laughs> i mean i thought it was funny like i, I mean I, I i i wonder if anyone thought that he was really dying when they were watching that theaters because i was like no this is clearly a prank like 
He's an asshole. This is a prank. Uh, oh, yeah. I think yeah. that was definitely one of the marketing things for this movie was, you know, he did it and you see him fall. And then, of course, they cut away. But it's like, oh, okay. yeah, I know. remember that from the trailer. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I'll have to go back and watch the trailer. That's a that's a really fun thing to do. Go back and watch trailer for movies like this. Especially like, like, in the like 90s. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of like the movie guy voice are so dramatic. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I missed that movie guy in a world. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, so perfect. <laughs> yes. Then we see uh, Brenda and Allie walk around campus, and the newspaper is declaring that there was a lunatic on campus and that a serial killer killed Michelle, Michelle Mancini. And Paul kind of comes up to them, and now he's like, is this true? And then the dean comes up and is like, this is inflammatory. He calls Paul a lunatic. So we know the dean's kind of a dick. That much is <laughs> definitely clear. Like, the dean is just really dismissive and rude. Like, someone who should not be working with college students because he clearly does not respect them. Right. Reese is basically saying this is the safest university in the country for a reason. Uh, Paul pushes Natalie and Brenda, like, what's your reaction to what's happening on campus? And Brenda starts talking to him, but Natalie gets upset and we're not really sure why. And they're kind of just like, you know, what will what will students think if you keep publishing this? And so the dean is just like really up on it. Like Reese is super offended. She feels like you're blaming her for not doing her job. The dean, you know, is worried about how it's going to look. And Paul's like, IDGAF. <laughs> I'm a reporter. <laughs> oh God, the reporter thing. I'm like, oh, <sighs> journalistic integrity. There's a story I'm a I student have. Pulitzer. Yeah, I have. A... It just reminds me of like film, like pretentious film guys and stuff like that. That I was just like, oh, I can't deal with you. Once <laughs> I got, like, I walked, like, I was like walking past this guy, and he was trying to like flirt with this girl, and he was like talking about like the Mizzlin scene, and I was like, oh God, I'm gonna <laughs> kill you. What is wrong with you? If you want pretentious film guys? Watch the sequel. Oh my oh, God, yeah, no, no kidding. No. It's about uh, film students. It's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, no. I don't need to watch that. I lived it. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie is watching the news story that the killer was in the backseat. They're blaming the gas station attendant and they're trying to find him. Brenda asks, you know, she's a Pendleton student. Did anybody know her? Natalie, after a long pause, says no. And then Damon makes a really uh, gross joke about how he'll miss her because she gave really good head. Oh, my. Okay. <laughs> I like how I explained it too. He just goes, get it head and like pulls on his head like oh my god yes we get it (laughs) god oh i've known people like him and i really hate that i do yeah that was the guy that uh i was quote-unquote attracted to before i i admitted i was gay and it was because they were like but i don't want to deal with him he's like a he's like an asshole i don't want to actually deal with him it's like yeah you picked this dick for a reason (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Sarcasm is its own language. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and then there's, like, a line too far. Damon is a mm-hmm. line too far. Yeah. Yeah. He's the funny guy. Yeah. Natalie goes back to her room. Tosh is there being basically bitchy. Natalie sees that Tosh is on lithium, uh, which is an incredibly heavy antipsychotic. She tries to use the phone, but Tosh is on the phone, and, she, and like, they kind of, like, argue with each other, and she's like, um, it's my room, too. Finally, Natalie, assert yourself. Yeah, it's it's time to submit for a transfer for a new roommate, man. It's it's yeah. Yeah. it's not red that flags. hard. <laughs> yeah, do something. Like yeah. It, it, I mean, the, you're paying for this school. They got to be accommodating. To if you hear effect. meowing, that's my cat losing his mind outside of the door. So sorry about that. 
It's okay. Uh, I have so, a dog out. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm so yeah, jealous of everyone that has their pets interrupting them. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, Natalie checks her messages and there's a call from her mom saying like, you know, we heard about Michelle. How are you doing? And we have been given the hint that Brenda did in fact know Michelle. It's confirmed here because Natalie goes and takes down her yearbook and sees her and Natalie in like a picture together. They're both on like cheer team. They're clearly like besties. At this point, Damon drops in to just just check on Natalie. And he offers, you know, if you ever need to talk, like I'm here for you. And she's like, you know what? Okay. Oh my God, Natalie. (laughs) So they get in his car, which is, you know, a very typical poor student college car that can't start. Like it's it's a struggle. He hands her a beer, and as soon as he gets his car started, it blasts out of yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say that had to have been intentional, right? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, they were probably like, oh, using him to sell the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he's like, "Ugh," I'm like, he hates the song or whatever. It's turning it off. Yeah. I think the yeah. only think the only other thing they would have been a little too on the nose is if his character had gotten killed by drowning in a creek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were definitely like he was the Drew Barrymore of this movie as far as like. We're putting him on the poster, we're selling this whole thing with him. And then yes. he's the first one to go. <laughs> yeah. Second. So, oh, um, well, yeah. Technically. But yeah. of these, these really main characters, yeah. Yes, he's the first one to go. And in and I think in the most drawn out fashion as well. Well, mm. other than maybe fashion, uh-huh. but it's pretty drawn out. Yeah. Yeah, his death might be the worst one, in my opinion. Like the most gruesome? I think it was the most savable. Like all the other ones, they were kind of like on their own with the killer. This is the one where like she was there. She could right. have intervened. This could have gone very differently. Yeah. <laughs> and it was also like a jigsaw type situation where setting you up to kill him and, mm-hmm. you know, death by hanging is slow and terrible. I- I'd imagine that's, ugh. I don't know. That one, j- that was probably for me like the ugh, death of it. Mm-hmm. That was uncomfortable for sure. So at some point they park in the woods. And they're talking and she admits to him that she was friends with Michelle and, you know, lost, you know, so she's upset on a bunch of levels. We don't really know why her and Michelle stopped being friends yet. Damon starts saying that he also lost somebody close to him. It was his girlfriend. She had a syndrome (laughs) and she fought. But when she died and like, he knows he's lying. She knows he's lying. And basically it's just like, like, stop trying to get in my pants. Um, She's a predator. Yeah. yeah, she punches him and just said that was a failure, good, imper- good impersonation of a human being, which is a really good line that I have to remember to use at some point because that yeah. is a really good insult. <laughs> I like that one. I actually like that he acknowledges him getting hit because most movies like that, someone just gets hit and they just spring right back and go into the conversation. And he actually goes, OK, mm-hmm. that hurt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she punches him again. He calls her a bitch. Yeah. And he's like, you know, you stop acting like a bitch. She goes, it's not an act. Believe me. <laughs> Go Natalie. Natalie's definitely uptight for a final girl. Mm. Yeah. Like yeah. emotionally uptight. I wish she had more. I, I wish there was more to her character. I don't know if it was the like, no offense to the actress or whatever. I don't know if it was the acting or if it was the way the character was written. But I was like, I kind of don't. I wish I cared more about her. Like, you yeah, know, like I, I cared about Sydney and, and, you know, Scream and stuff like like. I care about um, Lori in Halloween, you know, like, it's just, I don't know. It's not, not as. Well, because she never tries to save anybody. She never helps anybody. We don't even know what she's going to school for or what her program is, what she wants to do when she graduates. Like, we don't know. We don't know anything that invests us in her future. 
Right. Did they even say she had any hobbies outside of that <laughs> one picture of her doing cheerleading? I don't think so. Oh, okay. no. I'm yeah, kind of biased right. because really I've... weepy 90s lady music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I, I'm kind of biased because I've seen her in a couple of things and just something about her. I just I don't care for her, her as an actor. So just mm-hmm. that that already. I'm just like, I, I really don't care. This yeah, I don't remember. The most her. I like her. Oh, is this movie. Huh. That is not a good sign. I was going to no. say that's saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> So at this point, Damon is like, basically, I'm going to go pee out in the woods. He's out there. She, He hears a noise, and someone throws a rope around his neck. At this point, Natalie's still waiting in the car. She gets out to the car. She's like calling out for Damon. This hooded killer basically walks up, and she's like, oh, my God. She runs and gets in the car. And then she, we see that there's a rope tied to the hitch of the car. Mm-hmm. And then she hears, like, pounding and stepping on the roof. She doesn't know what that is, but we as the audience see that Damon is hanging from a, like over a tree by a rope with his feet just barely touching the top of the car, trying to call for Natalie not to turn on the car. She kind of hears the noises or hears what she thinks is him calling for her, but the killer kind of basically spooks her. So she starts the car, slams on the gas and drives away and ends up basically hanging Damon. But since she's also tied to the tree, it pulls onto the car. She drives the back up. And at this point, Damon's body falls onto the car and she's like, oh, my God, what have I done? So it was a very things. natural instinct, though, to, like, drive oh, yeah. away, you know? See, yeah. like, that's that's, that's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. She called out Damon, or, yeah, Damon on his bullshit so effectively earlier. It seems like she would read this as a joke, as him mm-hmm. trying to pull a prank on her mm-hmm. and then get out the car and say, ha ha, very funny. But she didn't do that. Instead, in a very Saw-esque fashion, she actually killed him. Like, yes, our murderer yeah. put the rope around his neck, but Natalie was the one that decided to drive off in his car and yeah. kill him. So <laughs> she's just broken at this point. Well, any normal person would be broken by this point, having yeah. a friend of yours die. And now the guy who just drove you to Lookout Point or wherever the hell they were, you know, <laughs> just you killed him and he landed on the windshield. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Through it, too. Through it. <laughs> and then everyone for the rest of the movie tries to tell you that Damon's just pranking you. Yeah. So yeah. Like, yeah. Like, the rest of the movie, everyone gaslights the fuck out of her. <laughs> like, Damon's just a prank. Damon's off on his ski trip. Remember, he had to go to this bachelor party. I'm like... It's some yeah. random ski trip. Well, they want yeah. you to think Damon is the killer the whole time, right? Like, that's that's the point of this. Uh, yeah. I guess I never saw it that way. I, I assumed that they were, like, trying to make you think that he would come back and be the killer. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, I think it was like a straight to video movie called, I want to say it was called Campfire Stories. It might've been Campfire Tales. I can't remember, but it was an anthology horror movie and they did a little spin on this, on this scene. <laughs> it's like a couple, they go out to the forest, almost looks like the same exact location as in this movie. Uh, they're in an RV and they're just hanging out and something happens. The husband has to leave and apparently there's something in the woods. I think they're alluding to like, there's some kind of creatures. Um, oh yeah, because he doesn't come back. They whatever those things are, come and attack the RV. She's freaking out. And as she sets off one of those, you know, those like little personal alarms, you would like pull the thing out of it, the little pin, and it would just emit a really loud siren noise. Um, somehow or other, she falls asleep because they stop terrorizing the RV. Uh, sheriff shows up and is like trying to make him, trying to make her like look at him. He's like, come on, just, just come with me. You know, everything's going to be okay. And she's just kind of looking at him all strange and you hear this scratching sound. And anytime she tries to turn around, he's like, no, just come on. Just come with me. You'll be safe. Get in the car. And she finally does turn around. And there's her husband hanging upside down, all like skinned. And he was like scraping across oh. the top of the RV. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Like, the truly brutal, like even more brutal version of this that was already yeah. disturbing. Yeah, it was an anthology movie. There was like two or three. They did like three or four like urban legend type things. Um, it actually wasn't too bad for being direct to video or whatever. But that's yeah. You know, after seeing this and then thinking about that, I was like, oh man, they did a nice little spin on that. <laughs> so is this killing is an urban legend then as well? Yes. Yeah. I've it's never... actually two urban legends mixed together. It's both like it's supposed to imply both the hook man, which is like somebody escaped from an insane asylum. He has mm-hmm. a hook. They find the hook attached to the car. Um, because at some point he does drag like something along the car. And then also this idea that like you, your boyfriend goes out to go to the bathroom at like a make out point and you hear something on top of the car and ends up that the boyfriend was hanging from the car. So it's sort of the two together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I figure that the, the person coming for you in the woods was the urban legend, but I didn't know the hanging part was as well. Yeah, because there's the hook man, man coming in the woods and then there's someone yeah. coming in the woods and hanging you. And those are two yeah. totally separate urban legends that they blobbed into one. Hmm, that's that's weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do like this premise of take these things that uh, I mean, I think that the the idea would be that, you know, them much better than maybe we all knew, like the urban legends in the movie, or at least with me. I didn't know a lot of these. Um, but like that idea, of like, oh, that's what the horror film is like. It's all of the urban legends you heard growing up. I think yeah. I got more into them after this movie, to be honest. Mm. I realized, like, I knew... Well, because the other thing is, if you read, if you've read Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, a lot of mm-hmm. these are in those books. So I think mm. I knew those really well before this. So a lot of things are familiar to me. But I think I got more into them after this movie of wanting to know more about urban legends. Mm. I do appreciate the movie doing that, kind of spelling out what the urban legends were that they were referencing mm-hmm. as well. I think that the film did a good job of, of putting that out there for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Now, suddenly we're with Reese, who's watching Jackie Brown on her TV. Natalie runs in panic, basically yelling, they killed him, they killed him. Reese and Natalie go back to where they were in the woods, and it's all gone. The car is gone, Dame is not there, everything's gone. And Reese basically looks at Natalie and is like, what are you on? Well, and, lithium, but other than well, that. Well, yeah. <laughs> she's not on lithium, unless she's no, taking lithium. Yeah. So basically then, she says, you know, this is the same person that killed Michelle. Like, Nally is 100% sure that, like, this person killed Michelle, this person killed Damon, and Reese is like, they arrested the attendant, like, this is not connected, nothing happened here. Nally's then in the little cafe with all their friends, and they're like, this is just Damon playing a practical joke, it was probably a mannequin, like, and they're like, well, why isn't he here? They said he's on this, like, ski trip bachelor party. (laughs) And Parker is the one who points out that this is, like, an urban legend, and like realize this is definitely like he that's why he believes this was a joke from damon because he already pulled a prank in class and then to do this to her would be funny then they also point out that the way michelle was killed is also an urban legend and then they kind of talk about like maybe you know maybe someone's making these urban legends into reality so what what's next i think this was the scene and i i made note of it i didn't make the long notes but where is this where Rosenbaum is wearing like the leather jacket and like the open shirt or whatever? <laughs> he looks so. like like a seventies porn star. <laughs> and I'm just like, what is going on with the costume choices in this movie? So yeah, he yeah, a lot I of vests thought, too. Yeah. I thought that that costume was better than the one he wore uh, later on at a Halloween party. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like right? if he's going for basement casino owner. You know, that's a perfect costume for that. Yes, exactly. Yes. All he needed was so a big cheap. gold chain and a hairy chest. Right. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. 
it's still so weird to see him with hair. I, yeah, yes. all the right. <laughs> yeah, I, I will never get used to. It. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh, he's wearing a wig. I'm like, no, this is pretty Smallville. No, he's not. That's real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's an iconically Lex Luthor. I think to a lot of us that like, no matter who they ever cast moving forward, even you know Gene Hackman in the past, it doesn't matter. Like Lex Luthor to so many of us will always be Michael Rosenbaum. Mm-hmm. By yeah. volume he's, alone, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's he's the best one to me. I, I yeah. can't really get past it. I accept other actors playing Superman much more easily, which is weird, yeah. but like yes, because not... Superman is generically good looking. Mm. Like yeah. it's those generic, <laughs> generic like dark haired man you can think of. Like he's I mean, literally like the tall, dark, and handsome. That's it. Like he's so generic. Whereas like. <laughs> Lex Luthor has to have like charisma to him in addition to like a look. Seriously, the yeah. I have, like this really weird obsession with Jesse Eisenberg. Mm. So there are moments of Jesse Eisenberg's <laughs> Lex Luthor that I am very into, but mm. I also hate him as Lex Luthor at the same time. He should like, have been when, he jolly, when he puts that yes, when he That's puts great, that jolly yeah. in that guy's yeah. mouth, I oh. thought I was gonna die. Like my heart literally <laughs> fell out of my chest. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Oh my god! I that up sometimes to be like, "Hey, do you remember how you reacted when that happened in that movie?" And I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> like "Yes, I, I do. I haven't been able to eat a Jolly Rancher oh. and save myself since." <laughs> oh, no loss there. <laughs> oh man! I mean, in sure. retrospect, I didn't think that Kevin Spacey was terrible, but now we're kind of like, "Well, oh, we'll, we'll Kevin Spacey that. is terrible." Exactly. Yes. Like, we'll, we'll scrub that now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, I like Brandon Routh. Not to get too into it, but I like Brandon Routh in this latest crossover coming back as Superman. Yes. But I didn't really like him in that movie, and I didn't I didn't like any casting in that movie. I understood that he looked like Christopher Reeve. But yeah. Like beyond that, I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah. No, yeah, they were going too much for just a Superman look or, or uh, a Christopher Reeves look alike and not a Superman look alike. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Favorite. My favorite of the Lex Luthor's, just to finish the loop here, is the uh, the voice actor that plays him. That's um, Clancy Brown. Well, yeah, oh, Clancy okay. Brown is amazing. He's just he's got that voice and that he's rumble. just so menacing. I love him. Yes, yes, 100%. At this point, Natalie goes back to her room. She's upset. Tosh is being pissy as usual. Then, like, basically, they just kind of have like another moment of like, ugh, we don't like each other. Natalie then goes to a payphone trying to call this ski resort where Damon supposedly is to find out if he's alive. The person says, like, a blonde guy checked in, but, like, one, we can't give you out guest names, and two, like, I, unless he checked in under his own name, like, you can't leave him a message or anything. So now he's like, well, crap. Natalie then goes to the library and starts walking through, like, dark stacks. She hears someone's there, and right after she finds the book she's looking for on Urban Legends, she gets scared by Sasha. Which I'm like, yes, I love that Sasha is, like, somehow both the heavily sexualized radio host, but also spending time in the library. She's the, She's best the sexy doctor. The She's right? <laughs> uh, Sasha is checking out the Kama Sutra. Of course. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, like, just so you know, this is the only reason why she's here. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sasha and Natalie start looking through the um, urban legend book together. And they see like that, the urban legend about high beams and gang initiation or whatever. And Sasha's like, that's totally true. Like, I know about that. And you see Natalie kind of, like, panic a little bit. I thought that was true when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like, you never flash the high beams if you want. <laughs> never. No. Yeah, when I first learned to drive, I I guess I had my high beams on or something like that. And somebody flashed me and I freaked out. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> I need to hurry up and get my ass home because they're going to come after me. 
No, I was definitely a person who sometimes I would forget to turn my headlights on so people would flash me because I was driving with no headlights at night. Mm. I sometimes still have dreams that I do that where suddenly in my dream I'm like, oh, my headlights aren't on. And I just like reach up in the in the car in my dream, <laughs> turn my headlights on. <laughs> That's why I was I was the kind of person that like automatic headlights were made for me. Mm-hmm. I don't have that problem anymore. <laughs> then suddenly we're focusing on Tosh for a little bit. She's, you know, smoking and jittery and edgy in her room, talking on some sort of like chat group for Pendleton. Basically saying, you know, does anybody, you know, looking for someone to hook up with? Someone responds to her. They basically agree to arrange. She's like, all right, like, where are you? And she goes off to the bathroom to get ready for her hookup. Natalie's on the way back to the room. Tosh goes back into the room, sees that the person is saying, like, like, what room are you in? And it says yours. At this point, the killer comes out, starts to choke her, turns the lights out, and basically starts to, to kill her. Nellie comes in, doesn't turn on the lights because she remembers this time. She says, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Gets ready for bed, goes to bed with her headphones. Tosh dies. I don't blame she, her. Like, I don't thinks, either. Yeah. Nellie was Tosh trying to be having a great time, right? Just over there. And just be, well, she's really enjoying herself this evening. I'm just going to let this go. One of them is being a good roommate. Jesus. Right. You know? <laughs> well, and it's funny, too, because one of these, like, what? Is she trying to raise the dead in there? It's so, like... They can already hear, and it's been normal for Tosh to make, like, loud noises during her encounters. So mm-hmm. nothing she's doing is raising any alarms for anybody, because this is normal. The sounds, at least, are normal behavior for her. So everyone I- just acts accordingly, which, like, we're not going to interrupt her sex life. We're not going to be, I don't know, it's the opposite of a cock block. I'm pretty sure, uh, clam jam. Clam jam, um, thank <laughs> you. I knew the word existed. I knew it. <laughs> I actually don't know if that's a thing. I just made that up. Oh, that's um, pretty good. I heard that before, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh i i think that uh choking was probably involved in the past as well with her particular experiences yeah i, I yeah. like question any of this oh. like i feel like she should feel guilty even though it's terrible like, yeah. yeah so if this scenario has taught me anything is this if, if you're in a similar situation and you have a roommate and y'all are hooking up and then sharing a common room somehow like that sort of thing happens in 2020 um have a have a safe word just come in the room if you see something going down say onion and then you just go back about your business you know just, it's all good okay we're good or uh, just I, that makes perfect sense or just yeah. be, al- be allowed a quick glance to make sure nobody's getting killed oh no no eye contact but just you know <laughs> Side Safe eye, just side eye. No eye contact peripheral. for a lot of eye contact. You can't go in between, though. It's got to be, like, complete eye contact, aggressive <laughs> eye contact. <laughs> Are you all right? Are you being hurt? No, you're good? Okay, I'm going to turn the light off and go to sleep now. <laughs> be like, or it's only eye contact. Like, we're staring at Are you good? Yeah. Good? Good. Okay. Now you have to watch till the end. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> like when a dog humps some sort of stuffed animal. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's the Gosh. human equivalent of, you know, walking in at the end of the movie when the credits are going. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I came in. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so then, of course, if anyone's familiar with this urban legend, we know that Natalie wakes up in the morning and initially she sees blood on the floor. She lifts up Tasha's sheets and blanket and basically sees Tasha laying there with her wrist slit. And then turns around and there's writing on the wall that says, aren't you glad you didn't turn on the light? Just like the urban legend, which they actually saw when they were looking in the book the night before. So, like, we see them see that. Natalie, of course, totally freaks out. Now, I'll admit, um, it's actually funny 
how many actors on this in this movie ended up being on Supernatural later. Uh, but there's a episode of Supernatural that utilizes this urban legend, and it is one of my favorite episodes from the first season. It's so good. But yeah, like I always think about, like I think about the two together now. Every time I see the Supernatural episode, I think about the movie. When I watch this movie, I think about the Supernatural episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did a lot. I didn't watch a lot of Supernatural, but I watched some of that first season. They did a lot of urban legends in that first season. I don't know how it went as the series moved along, but I, I did stick with urban legends. I'm currently doing a marathon rewatch to prepare for the final season. <sighs> I didn't, I didn't do it last year when the actual, well, the first time we were going to do a final season and I watched all the final season and then COVID happened. And now I'm like, okay, you have time to watch all of it before the season. You can do this. I can't do this. I cried my way through season five. Like this is not going to go well. <laughs> I've been watching that show since day one. Like, it can't start my freshman year of college. I remember running home from my Tuesday night class to watch that show. I've been watching that show for 15 years. Oh, what God. am I going to do with myself? <laughs> <laughs> I, I watched the first season when it aired and I walked, got like four episodes in a season two. And that was back when we had satellite, but no DVR. So mm-hmm. I fell behind like four weeks and I was like, Oh, well, I guess I'm, I guess I'm done now. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much same with me. Yeah. Ugh. Season, that's sad because to me, season three is my favorite season. Most people think I'm nuts when I say that. Like, oh, season five. I'm like, no, season three. Because season three was hilarious. That's when the show started to lean into the funny stuff. Mm. And that's when it got really good. This is the first time they went really meta with some things. Like, that's where they, that season three is where they found the perfect balance between being real, like, genuinely funny and actually still scary. Mm. That's where you start getting the gifts from, right? That's that's where all those good gifts come from. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Right. I have a really petty reason for not getting into Supernatural from Jump. <laughs> Which is? <laughs> I think Lex already knows where I'm going. It's because he so effectively played that role as the creepy gym teacher on Smallville yes. that was hooking up with Lana. I'm like, oh, no, not him. Not Jared Balecki. <gasps> oh. I can't do it. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> like, yeah. just. It stuck with me. I'm like, how could they allow this to happen for so long? I can't watch this show. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye, Supernatural. Wasn't it like Whitney on Smallville too? Yeah. Uh, no, that guy? was uh that was the first boyfriend. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was like I don't remember. Yeah. His character okay. was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically now Natalie is in the lobby like freaking out. Brenda and Paul talk and Paul's like, is she okay? And Brenda's like, I don't know. I haven't had a chance to talk to her yet. Uh, Natalie's talking to the police and the Dean. And basically they start asking her like, why didn't you turn on the lights? And she's like, you know, I've I've walked in on her having sex before. I didn't want to do that. Um, And so like, so you didn't actually see anyone. You didn't see anyone. You don't know what she's doing. She's like, I heard it. There was someone there. Like I, like someone was there and they're like, well, no. And they basically, or we think this was a suicide um, you know, it's a, a morbid note of not turning on the lights, but they're like, you know, she, she slit her wrist. She was very mentally ill. She committed suicide. And Natalie's like, no, no, a hundred percent. No, that's not what happened. And no, also, here's, here's the good. I was going to say also is an autopsy, not a thing. It's like, oh, she slit her wrist, <laughs> but she died from asphyxiation. So something here is aloof. <laughs> so now here's the good news. According to Dead Man on Campus rules, uh-huh. Natalie gets straight <laughs> yeah. A's this semester. Her oh, yeah. suicide. Yeah. So if I'm to believe, oddly, the same year, 1998, released, focusing on that urban legend, if that movie's accurate, Natalie's getting all A's this oh, semester. That's true. Oh, congratulations. That's, that's the twist I, urban I have legend. a horrible story about that. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, I think I remember this. Yeah. I think I did tell you about this. Uh, yeah. Um, 
I work on college campuses. I work with very sensitive issues. So I have dealt with students dying for in a variety of capacities before. And there was a student who said, like, this person who passed away was my roommate and something about not having to pay their tuition Oh, because their roommate um, passed away. And I was like, and I just remember, like, my dean came into my office and he was like, is this a thing? And I was like, that's an urban legend. Like, there's a whole movie about, like, straight A's and tuition and, like, this this is an urban legend. And, like, how do we explain to the student who, like, did genuinely lose someone and is, like, really afraid of making it through the rest of the semester? But I was like, oh, that's, like, it's also super cold. I just remember thinking, like, that is a really cold thing to send to the chancellor of your university that, like, this happened, therefore I don't want to pay my tuition. Oh, my God. Oh, Are you uncomfortable? Like, this is, is an urban so legend? St- just proxy stressful like oh, right no. like, i kind of understand why students might have that in their head because that is an urban legend they have like this idea of like straight a's or like you don't have to pay for school if something bad happens to your roommate or like whatever but i was like someone died like someone died and this yeah is what I'm thinking about yeah so yeah that one that was the day where i had to come home and be like, like yeah <laughs> not a good day to work with college kids I thought you were going to tell me you paid their tuition for the rest of the year or something. Hell no, we did not. No, we had to find a very nice way to explain to them that's not how that works. Yeah. Oh, my God. And it actually just all came rushing back to me what that was actually related to now. Because at first I couldn't remember. I just remember that it happened. And I'm like, oh, that one was really sad. Oh. <laughs> my job overall is very sad. Oh. <laughs> wow, like shining moment where you help somebody. So I'll take it. Natalie, they see, like, Natalie goes to Brenda, they're kind of talking, they see the body being taken out, it makes Natalie very upset. Natalie kind of, like, walks off, she's like, I just need to be alone, I just need air. Paul approaches her, and he's like, I know this is hard, but I want to ask you questions. I was like, you are a student newspaper reporter. Hate this guy. Hate him yeah. so much. <laughs> and this is where my hate for Jared Little started. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's valid. He's pretty awful in this movie. They're working hard to make you dislike the boy in this movie. Yeah. Yes. And basically he's like, well, I don't want to talk to you about Tosh. I want to talk to you about Michelle. And explains to her that he knows that they were friends and knows that she knows something. And she's like, you are just exploiting her death. Like, you know, she was murdered. You know, you know, Tosh was murdered. And he goes, no, I thought it was a suicide. She's like, it was not a suicide. You know, Michelle, Tosh, and Damon have all been murdered. And Paul's like, whoa. Like, like, and he offers to talk with her off the record, which is how you know that despite his obsessive journalistic pull, he also has the hots for Natalie. Because that's what it means to be the final girl, is every guy wants to dick you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this is the priority in this situation going on <laughs> yeah, in the school right, right now. Yeah. With a psycho murderer running around. Oh, man. I gotta see what Natalie's up to, man. Like, that's important. <laughs> I gotta yeah. go check yeah. on Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Paul is at least correct in the fact that she does have something to do with something that he would actually do, like, relevantly, like, talking about a news story. He also means it when he says, like, he's willing to talk to her. Like, he's definitely into her, but he's not going to pull a Damon and be like, hey, baby, like, how you doing? Like, <laughs> Paul's not going to do that. So at least yeah. he knows that there's a boundary somewhere in comparison yeah. to Damon. At this point, Natalie shows him the Urban Legends book. He clearly does not believe her. And he's like, you know, an urban legend serial killer is a stretch. Um, Just like really doubts her. And he goes, even if it's true, you know, why this school? Why now? Why these things? And she's like, oh, my gosh, like the Stanley Hall massacre. Like, it must be true. He's like, it's not true. And she's like, are you sure? (laughs) And what I do respect about Paul here is that he's actually like, you know what? Let's find out. Like, let's look. He's not sure. And so he's like, let's do the research. Yeah. All right. Thank you. 
So they go to the newspaper archives and they're looking for 70, the 1973 to 1974 and the book is just gone. So no school newspapers, nothing exists from that time. And they run into the janitor and ask him how long he's been here. And he's like, way too long. And he's like, what do you know about Stanley Hall? And did anybody die there? And they're like, you know, please tell us it's really important. And he just says, talk to Wexler. So this is their professor who teaches their urban legends class. Paul and Natalie then immediately go to Wexler's office. They knock. He's not there. Paul breaks in. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Natalie follows. And they start looking around. And Natalie's like, do they teach this in like your class? And he's like, I dropped out of journalistic ethics. I'm like, yeah, of course you did. <laughs> I, I, I don't miss this trope. Uh, from movies, which is when you break into the room with the credit card, you have to look surprised that it actually worked. Like, all right, yeah. you've obviously done this before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know that what? was I've such never, a I've, thing. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? I've never, I've never broken into a room before, but here, let's try something. It pulls out a lock picking kit and just first try. Okay. Yeah. Good, it worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they start looking around in his desk drawers, all that stuff. Natalie starts opening like his closets on the wall. She finds, like a hooded jacket, which freaks her out because she knows what the killer's been wearing. And then there's like a door that leads into like a secret little room that's also part of his office. Uh, and inside the creepy room is not only like all this other like creepy stuff and more books and like items, there's also an axe. At this point, Wexler comes back. So her and Paul go hide in the little room and then they think he leaves. So they go out. And as soon as that closes the little door, there he is. And Wexler catches them breaking into his office. They then go and they're talking to the dean and they accuse Wexler of murder and that he's killing everyone. And Wexler's like, this is a prop. They then ask him about the Stanley Hall massacre and they basically just are like, listen, like, everybody go out. The dean just wants to talk to them. And then kind of throws in Natalie's face that she was on probation for reckless endangerment. She has a criminal record. They're shocked that she even got into this university because they don't normally allow someone like that. Paul is shocked by all of this and basically just say, you know, Paul, you're removed from the paper. And he's like, it's a student paper. You can't do that. And he goes, your editor just fired you. So now a bunch of Natalie's secrets have been laid bare to Paul, who is a fucking reporter and can't keep a secret to save his life. And Paul now has motivation to destroy Natalie because he's no longer on the paper because he's believing Natalie and looking into this thing. However, I feel like enough reasonable doubt that something did in fact happen at Stanley Hall has been built here. Right? Yeah, it's it seems like that's definitely something they could have fleshed out a little more as opposed to this happened you should believe it and we're moving on <laughs> yeah it was kind of weird it's like you guys will exposit everything else but this you're just kind of kind of brush over yeah well, i think though because they're trying to say that stanley hall isn't real like that this is an urban legend that's on every college campus like whatever so they're trying to say that this didn't actually happen here and so i think what they've they've shown here is that regardless of everything else something did actually happen at stanley hall I feel like they've at least established that where, yeah, Paul can be pissed, but I feel like the removal is because the Dean is like, oh, crap, someone's going to find out our horrible secret. Yeah, the mm-hmm. Dean is, is very much about just making everything look squeaky clean. Like he seems to be very preoccupied with being the best school and all. So, yeah, something went down. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So Paul gets super mad and starts questioning Natalie being like, what happened? What happened in high school with you and Michelle? She won't tell him. He walks away super pissed at her. Uh we then see Brenda swimming in the pool and Allie going to find her. We know that there's a storm coming and, you know, like something's going to go down tonight. At this point, Natalie's like looking down into the pool and Brenda's swimming and someone in a hooded jacket starts walking towards the edge of the pool. And Natalie's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And like panics, trying to get in the pool, trying to get Brenda's attention and be like, oh, my God, he's going to kill you. He's going to kill you. She smashes the window with a chair 
<laughs> At that mm-hmm. point, Brenda looks up. The person ums his coat and takes another coat, and it's literally just like a student who's going to go swim in the pool. <laughs> Who doesn't As wear do. a jacket like that to the pool, though? You know? Not even a, you know? a full parka with the hood up. Yeah. Hearing rumors around campus about there being someone dressed like an ice climber going around committing murders. <laughs> Or stalking people or something, and you decide, oh yeah, it's time to rock this hoodie. This is yeah. what I'm doing today. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay. Right up to the edge of the to pool. To be fair, yes. You don't really <laughs> see this if you pay attention at the Olympics. The swim teams, they do actually wear parkas. I still really? have my high school swim team parka. Yeah, it oh, went no. down past my knees. It had a like little furry hood. It was like fleece lined because okay. you, when you warm up, then you get out of the pool and you have to stay warm. And so we get parkas. Like, that's the only way for you to stay warm. Oh, And, okay. like, kind of water resistant. So the parka thing inside a pool is not that weird, especially because okay. a lot of pools require you to shower before you go in. The fact that she was, like, wearing pants and boots, that's where it got weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, someone just, like, walked in wearing a parka. I would have been like, okay. Yeah, because okay, we did. I mean, I, so I didn't know that. So yeah. the parka thing's not that weird. If you put things between stuff, they are, in fact, they do, in fact, wear parkas. Okay. That's that's a good like point. I might start with that today. I must not have noticed that in the past or whatever. I don't know. I'm going to I'm going to look at it from a different angle now. You mean to tell me that we're <laughs> we're supposed to believe the murderer, the uh, <laughs> the Freddy Krueger professor, and this chick are all like wearing the exact the same, same parka? parka. <laughs> yeah, yes, okay. That is more unreasonable thing. <laughs> they had a sale at Walmart overstock on blue perline <laughs> parkas. Okay. All well, right. depending okay. how isolated they are, people who weren't, you know, people come for this this Pendleton, this big special school, and weren't prepared for like, you know, New Hampshire winters or whatever. Yeah. Uh, maybe that was their problem. They all needed to go out and buy a jacket. True. I it's probably the costume. Like, like, if you go to certain areas, don't what? come prepared for winter if they're not from here. <laughs> oh, I I think if you uh, if you go to certain areas, you see everyone wearing the same like North Face jacket. So like you know like yeah, maybe it's like that. I mean, but that's a very but this is like a very specific parka. So like, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, yeah <laughs> but like, like you mean to tell me that like everyone in this campus is a possible killer because they all have the same parka? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. at least throw the, like the camp the the school logo on the back of it or something yeah, just to make right. it seem yeah. like oh yeah. we all got that this at the school store. Yeah, they didn't right? even have to do like the whole back of it. They could just have like a patch. Like a little, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the dumb thing is too is like when when that person's walking in, you know, she goes to the other end of the pool where uh whatever whatever her name is, I can't remember now, is swimming and when she's unzipping her jacket, she gets to the bottom and is looking like she's reaching into her jacket to grab something. And then after Natalie smashes the window, it just shows her taking off her jacket and there's nothing inside her jacket. And it's like, what the fuck were you reaching for? <laughs> That's a good yeah. question. Yeah. Basically, Brenda then tries to reassure her, like, nothing's going to happen tonight. We're going to go to this party. It's fine. And Natalie finally breaks down and tells Brenda the story about Michelle and, like, why they didn't speak to each other anymore, saying that they were in high school. Michelle was driving. They did the joke with the high beams. And so the first car that flashed them, they U-turned and chased the car and flashed. They were going too fast. The other car went off the road. The guy died. Um, but because they were young, the courts were lenient with them and that, you know, she stopped being friends with Michelle because she couldn't forgive Michelle or herself because she should have said something. She should have stopped Michelle. I, I think that's pretty some pretty valid guilt right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Natalie's like, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. And Brendan's like, no, you are going to this party. Like safety numbers, be with other people, come to this party. I mean, that that does make sense. Like, yeah, like don't go be alone. That's that's not a good idea. No. Especially now when someone was clearly in your room and murdered your roommate. Yeah. In your opinion, like, yeah. 
Do you even have a room to go, go back to? There? Is the room even clean at this point? Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah, like, is it still a crime scene? Do you have? Do you have? You have somewhere to go back to? She's, she's gonna go home and go to sleep, and there's just a bloody bed right next to her. And she's like, okay, turn the other way. <laughs> Headphones on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Based on previous behavior, I don't think that's too ridiculous. Uh, yeah. Then we're with Paul, who's cleaning out his desk at the newspaper, and we realize like the janitor has given him info on the massacre and we find out that professor Wexler was the sole survivor of an actual massacre that happened in Stanley hall. So we have absolute confirmation that this did in fact happen on this campus. Students were a bunch of students were killed and professor Wexler is the survivor. We're like, okay, like now we're wondering if Wexler is in fact the killer. Then we're with the Dean of the college going to his car. Reese kind of scares him as he's walking to the car and she asks him about like, extra guards you know what are we doing to prepare for like something that's clearly going on he's like you know what are you worried about you know we had one death happen off campus we had one suicide damon's just missing like this isn't anything he he basically accuses her of overreacting and basically says you don't call anyone you don't tell anyone anything about this you don't call for help without my permission all right so this school has one security guard (laughs) and one janitor (laughs) yeah okay all right yeah. Cool. I'm with you. And then, to be honest, this is the death where I'm the least sad. I mean, Michelle's pretty awful, too, but, like, the dean, the dean is pretty bad. There's someone <laughs> under his car who then just reaches out and just slashes, slashes his Achilles tendon, basically. Pet cemetery He tries style. to crawl away. Yeah. He yeah. tries to crawl away, and then his car starts creeping forward, and... Basically, as he tries to get away as fast as he can, the car rolls and rolls and rolls and rolls, and he is crushed on the spikes, um, the car spikes that control the way the cars go in and out. Um, the which is that, oh, brutal, brutal. Yeah. Ah. It's, it's like, a very, I hate him, but I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, it's a very brutal, <laughs> scary death that's marred by the fact when the camera slowly pans up to the sign saying, like, you know, tire damage may occur. And it's like, okay, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> If you're gonna if you're gonna poke fun a little bit, you have to lean into it just a little bit more. Yes, I, I mean yeah. I feel like if if you know this was if they had parried this in scary movie, they would have panned up and the sign would have said like "Don't lay down on the ground in front of the spikes because a car will run over you." <laughs> yeah. and, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Then we get to switch to the frat party where Parker is having his dog do a beer bong. Yeah. Yeah. Call some sort of ASPCA animal control or something. something. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is the point where I was hoping it was him. I was hoping he was the big bad because I'm like, he deserves, he deserves everything he gets. <laughs> you don't do that to a dog. Dog had no say so. Little this. dog. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we're coming up to my like, least favorite part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When when you bring a dog, we're going to talk about that one real fast. <laughs> None of us want to linger on that. <laughs> so then there's this really weird, like, hipster dude before hipsters were a thing at the party, basically explaining that um, during the song Roller Coaster of Love, like, those songs that you hear, that's actually a woman screaming while she's being murdered. Great pickup line, dude. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm pretty sure is also an urban legend. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I don't think she's actually, no one's actually being murdered. They used to, um, with, like, they had all kinds of stuff with like rock albums or whatever. They have all this hidden things. And like when my dad was a kid, he was told not to listen to the lyrics of certain music. So like oh. he doesn't pick up on lyrics because <laughs> he was taught to just ignore the lyrics. Cause there's like satanic stuff or whatever. I don't know. And I feel like whether, like okay. whether intentional or not, it was, it might've been like a really good marketing ploy too. Like my, all these people were just like, Oh shit, we're well, not supposed to listen to this. Let's go buy it. Oh yeah. 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 You I know, 
I mean, it worked for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, that was Kiss's bread worked. and butter. It was yeah. just there, like, well, we're we're not not satanic. <laughs> <laughs> we're not not satanic, but there's messages. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay, I know that we have to do this. I just don't want to. <sighs> A call comes okay. in. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So well, okay. At first, Natalie. Natalie does come to the party. Brenda's like, I'll go get you beer. Paul finds her at this point and says, like, it's not a legend. Wexler was the survivor. They kind of go off to, like, a quiet space to talk. Basically saying, like, this happened to Wexler. So now he's got a job for life. And maybe now, you know, on the anniversary of this, he goes a little wacko and he's a killer. You know, we can't even call the police because the dean warned the police that there were going to be pranks and specifically from Paul and Natalie. And he basically says, like, I'm sorry I doubted you. And she's like, I'm so scared. He's like, I'm not going to let anything happen. Like, nothing's going to happen to you. At this point, Paul kisses Natalie. Weird timing, bud. All right. Weird timing, bud. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to die. There, particularly in movies, there's this this straight guy thing where they think that the, a girl being vulnerable is a good moment to kiss her and that that's going to be comforting. Yeah. I, I mean, mean it can't, can't be, there signs. are moments where it's appropriately distracting, um, like where then suddenly they have sex in a horror, horror movie. That's fine. Um, but like this, it, yeah, it was a little bit weird. Yeah. A little bit weird. Hey, girl, I know that your best friend from high school just got murdered and your roommate just got murdered. And you're and concerned we think our about professor being murdered. Is a murderer. Yeah. But uh, hey, let's make out about it. Yeah. And I know that I just found out that you were a part of that guy getting killed. But. You know, in high school, like, uh, no, okay. You're looking real good. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> Brenda finds them, basically gives Natalie her beer and is super pissed about it because it's been made very clear that Brenda really is into Paul. As long as no one mentions, like, bro code or girl code, I'm like, fine. Paul's super confused because despite her clear reaction to him, Paul has never noticed that Brenda is into him. Mm. Completely oblivious. Yeah. <laughs> Reese is walking through the administration building. The janitor scares her. Um, she's like, ah, you know, you're not supposed to be here. And he just looks at her and goes, boo. <laughs> I like this janitor. He is excellent. Oh, what, one thing we haven't pointed out about the janitor, it's it's great in the uh, in the credits. The character is just listed as weird janitor. <laughs> Why is he weird? <laughs> he didn't even get a name. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why does he? Why is he weird janitor? Why can't he just be janitor? I guess yeah. I take weird janitor over creepy janitor though. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'll take weird. Weird isn't so bad. Weird is just weird. Weird can be good. Yeah. <laughs> right. Reese hears glass breaking, goes to track it down. She goes into Wexler's office, into the little room. There's no axe anymore, so we're like, oh no, the axe from the little room is gone. As she steps back, she steps into blood. She slips, and there's just blood everywhere. And we are now aware that Wexler is definitely dead, and we don't see it happen on screen. So Wexler is not our killer. He's no longer the lone survivor. <laughs> I'm kind of glad we didn't see him get killed because that would have ruined the uh, <laughs> would have ruined the illusion of you know Freddy Krueger being a badass. <laughs> yeah, maybe a little bit. <laughs> so Paul goes to Parker and is like, "You have to end this party. Like Nally's right. We're in danger. Like something bad is happening." Parker stops everything to like make an announcement. Like we're gonna end the party. There's a killer on campus. You know, killing people based on urban legends and just acts like a complete asshole and then accuses Paul of being the killer. Which may, okay, because I couldn't remember the ending. It makes a good case. It makes (laughs) the most sense more than anyone else in this movie up to this point. 
Yes. It, it makes sense that he like, would be. It's like Nightcrawler. You're making I your was, own story. She was going to say that. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, they, they did a good. Another thing this movie does well, I think, is setting up a list of possible suspects. They give you yeah. just a little bit of reasonable doubt, but a lot of, you know, implication like, oh, well, the axe is gone. Could he be dead? Or does this mean he killed someone and then took them out with the axe? You know, mm-hmm. just all the stuff. And then the janitor being ever present, of course, and being weird. <laughs> yeah. This movie was just so close. I don't know if it was the acting or what. It was so close to being like a classic. Now, I like I I don't know. There's just something that isn't quite there with it. But like these little elements where I'm like, oh, that's really good. Like that's that's a really good scene where you're like pointing out that he's the guy. And, you know, yeah. And like nobody is an obvious red herring where you're like, oh, this is clearly red herring. It's like everybody you have a you have a reasonable doubt about pretty much everyone except Natalie. The yeah. only person I'm really sure the whole movie is not the killer is Natalie. Yeah. I mean, right, maybe with a right. seasoned director, it might have been better. But considering this was his first movie, maybe that was the. Yeah. yeah. You know. But again, for a first movie, he really didn't do bad. Like, yeah. we've watched can, a lot of worse first movies. But then consider but you, his sophomore film, Valentine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think what it was, too, is because if you read in the trivia, it says that he filmed that first scene with Michelle's death. Oh. to prove that he could be they did that first to prove that he could be a feature director to kind of like back the movie but i'm like oh wow. that is done so well that somehow that power just is not carried through the rest of the movie like there's yeah. there's some sort of tension missing so i wrote um there's a part where the where reese comes out and scares the dean mm-hmm. and that should be a jump scare but i didn't jump like, I don't remember that happening, and I jumped super easy. Like, yeah. <laughs> Joey came so, to bed and had to get something from my side of the room yesterday, and I woke up screaming. I'm a jump scare person as well. Like, I, I jump easily at things like that, and I didn't with this movie, too. Like, yeah, I'm, even I'm when I know you. it's coming, I still jump. And yeah. Like, not, there was just no – the tension was missing from this movie. And I don't know what they could have done to fix that, but, like, you don't get wound tight. Like, I'm paying attention. I'm having a good time, but I'm not, like – yeah, and there's really great elements to it, but like that's so like this was a perfect example of a scene where I'm like, it's so close, it's so close to being like that mm-hmm. good. I um, I don't know if it's Rosenbaum's delivery or just the premise of like, yeah, the reporter making up the story or yeah. doing these things to get mm-hmm. a story, right? So after that happens, Paul's like, well, I got to get out of here, and he tells Natalie to stay at the party; it's the safest place. He's gonna go get help, so he's gonna like find Reese, whatever. Sasha at this point says that she's leaving. She's got to go to the radio station to do her show. It's raining again. The phone rings. Parker answers. And this voice says, you're going to die tonight. And he's like, oh, what is this? The call coming from inside the house? This is the one about the babysitter. And the voice just goes, no, this is the one about the old lady who put her wet dog in the microwave. And you're like, no, No. Mm -mm. because the only thing Parker seems to care about in this movie, I don't think he's and Sasha aren't a bad couple. But, like, I don't know that he cares about Sasha very deeply, but he definitely, in a very misguided sort of way, really cares about his dog. <laughs> I mean, so he goes to his the kitchen with him. and opens the microwave and the dog is dead. Yeah, that was brutal. Which is, oh, oh, so awful. Yeah. And he is pissed. <laughs> yeah. Super angry, just, like, yelling and swearing at the guy <laughs> on the phone, like, <laughs> They could have lingered on that, but look, they gave you just a quick... Mm-hmm. It was actually kind of a cool shot how it came from the back of the microwave out to the front mm-hmm. to show yeah. his reaction. Yeah. So you got just you got like half a second's worth where I mean it was obvious what happened anyway, but you got just enough for it to get the brutalness across, and then that's it. You know they could have right. just lingered I like on how it. You don't 
see something that clearly looks like a dog, you mostly just see goo, and you're like, okay, I can deal exactly. with it. Exactly. And yeah. the anxiety I had building up to that microwave being opened was nothing <laughs> yeah. compared to seeing the just the slop that was in there. Yeah. And what's, what else is good about that moment is that you see how much he cares about the dog, and it actually makes a good you know, uh, reason to suspect Sasha, who pretty much has just not been mm-hmm. a suspect this entire time. <laughs> yeah, right. To me. Mm-hmm. You know? No, it's yeah, like, yeah. Ah, maybe I, she's I, jealous of the dog. Okay. I, yeah. I do like when he answers the phone and he's walking around talking. He's walking around in the kitchen and you see the microwave going the entire time. Mm-hmm. He's I don't on even the phone. think about that. Yeah, which makes it yeah. so much worse. And then yeah. they do that really cool thing of when he you know, they do a flash of it, of the microwave, and he runs downstairs, and he, as, soon as, as soon as he turns the corner, you see it shut off, and it's just like, oh, oh. no. I know, so the shut-off. Yeah. What was our killer? What, was our killer in the cabinet underneath the microwave and just reached up and pushed the buttons, and then what? Yeah, how did how did they just slip past everybody? I mean... I don't know. <laughs> because the killer, for killing the dog, the killer didn't have to be dressed as the... Yeah. In the hooded... It was just another party attendee who took a drunk dog that was wandering around the party and put it in the microwave. As you do. As you do. Hey, so Parker's dog was drunk. Yeah. Uh, yeah. didn't know what was happening. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So Parker runs into a little bathroom off the kitchen and pukes. At this point, he gets hit. A, to- a tube is forced down his throat. Like his own beer bong is forced down his throat. And he basically is forced to uh, cleaner bong. Mm-hmm. That was like, yeah, that was cleaner. Push. And it melts his insides. It's that's another death that was kind of marred by almost being funny. The fact that they first poured the pop rocks down it, like you didn't yeah. need the pop rocks. The cleaner was gonna kill him. Like you know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. That that was a bit hammy, but I mean, I, I guess it kind of goes along with the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So at this point, everyone kind of freaks out. Uh, Reese tries to communicate with the cops. They basically blow her off. Um, you know, saying like this. It's just this is just what's happening. Natalie tries to call Paul, can't get a hold of him, and she starts to hear Sasha on the radio. And so Sasha's talking to a couple. The call disconnects. Her booth where her assistant is goes black, and then suddenly there's the hooded killer with an axe. He then axes the window open, and Sasha's like, "Well, fuck!" and starts running and screaming. And she's wearing this headset, which has some serious range for 1998. <laughs> <laughs> Because she runs all through this building and basically is still being picked up by the recording and on the radio. No one is taking it seriously. They all think she's messing around. Even like the hipster guy at the party is like, oh, she's she must know about this. And it's like <laughs> they all think that this is some sort of weird prank. Also, are all radio stations that huge? That building was huge for being a single that radio was, station. Yeah, agreed. Like It that was probably really wasn't nice. just the radio station. I, I mean, she, it seems like she runs across the building, up a couple floors, and when she gets into a room, she's in another recording studio. I mean, I get that it could be any type of recording studio, but still. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think about where all my campus radio stations have been, because, like, one, like, when I was undergrad, our campus radio station was in, like, the student center, so it would have been, like, the radio station and then, like, the rest of the building, so, like, where the food was and where, like, study areas were, so it was a pretty big building. Mm. Um, where I am right now, our radio station is in our library, like... There's like the radio station, and then you go in and you're in the library. So like it it makes sense that it would be if you have like a recording program or anything, like that you could be in like an auditorium where you have like the music rooms and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm actually so curious what that, that building. Weird. Yeah, I'm curious what that building was, because it was actually a really nice looking building to begin with. <laughs> My guess is that it's probably like a mu- like a music or an arts building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, film film something like that. Probably yeah. all in the same. Like okay. film or music. Yep. Yeah. 
Sorry, the tequila is hitting, so I need to like find where I am. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So Natalie knows this is not fake and is trying to run to help Sasha. Sasha actually pretty much successfully hides and evades from the killer for quite a while um, because she probably knows this building super well. At this point, the killer kind of catches up to her, throws her over the balcony. She's holding on, holding on. Then she falls. And like, you think she's going to be dead. She is not, but she probably like shattered her ankle. She's wearing these big ass boots, lands on her feet and falls over. She starts to crawl away. Gets into the elevator, manages to go up back to her original studio. So we're like, okay, maybe Sasha's going to make it. Like, she seems to be evading this killer. Reese is also listening on the radio and is driving, like, mad in her car, trying to get to the studio to help this girl, trying to save her. Sasha looks out the window and sees Natalie come into the building yelling, help me. And at this point, the killer gets Sasha and Natalie watches the killer kill Sasha. And then the killer just goes, yeah, it just waves, (laughs) just a super awkward wave, like, Natalie coming for you yeah you're next (laughs) you're next natalie runs out of the building and gets to paul and basically is like sasha's dead and he paul's like why did you leave because you know she had to go save sasha obviously she asks paul they go to paul's room and he's like i can't find the dean i can't find reese um you know phones are dead we need to get out of here nat checks the phone anyway and he's like what you don't believe me he's like i'm on your side so they're definitely still trying to make you think that it's possible Paul is the killer. Yeah. yeah. Because this scene always bothered me because, you know, when he turns around, she grabs the phone real quick. And as he turns around, she hangs it up real fast. And he's just like, what did you do? What are you doing? I told you it was dead. Like, he was just, he was like one more sentence away from just being like, just grabbing her and being like, this is why I, I'm going to kill you. And I killed all your friends. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like, nobody believes me. Nobody double checking. <laughs> Yeah. Or maybe the it's back up. You don't know. Yeah. I mean, obviously she's nervous. She's not thinking straight. Maybe she didn't hear him. Who knows? But he's got to just fly off the handle. Exactly. Yeah. I just love the idea of this guy is upset that this girl isn't completely trustworthy of him. Like, yeah. Well, right. You know, dude, that's gonna take time. Um. Yeah. Also, side note, it says, uh, radio station where Sasha is killed, Rotman School of Management, University of Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So. There you go. I had yeah. to find that out. It was going to bug me. Uh, yeah, I actually read in the trivia, a lot of movies were filled at the University of Toronto. It's so, like, little and cute. Mm, yeah. So they kind of run out. It's raining. Like, the storm is definitely here. They're going to go find a phone in town. They run into Brenda, so they take Brenda with them. They're like, oh, my gosh, what's happening? Brenda immediately, like, in the moment of a crisis, Brenda immediately forgives both of them for macking on each other, and they go. <laughs> Reese goes into the building and finds Sasha basically... So graphically dead that they don't show it to us. And she's then repeatedly trying to call the dean and be like, we need cops. She was (laughs) hacked to death, right? Didn't she get hacked quite a bit? Yeah. 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 But they have it where they it's playing a recording of whatever she was saying over and over again. Her legs are like up in the air. Like a hand looks like it's all in a That there's something like pervy about whatever that was done to her body. So let's talk about all this. She's not killed by an urban legend. Yeah, all of the sexual, all of the sexualized uh, women in this movie have to die. (laughs) Like that's the morality tale. Yeah, don't Mm. babysit. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Paul is now driving with Brenda and Natalie, and she's and and Natalie's like, "Do you smell something?" And they're like, "No." They stop at a gas station. Brenda is like they're trying to check their phones Paul's like okay I'm gonna go check I'll be right back they both still smell something Brenda apologizes for being mad like you know I get it you two like each other whatever 
they hear a phone ringing. They hear a phone ringing in the car, and they're like, "What is going on?" So they go to the back of Paul's car and open the trunk, and there is Wexler. And it's not a phone ringing. He has like some sort of alarm that goes off, so he takes meds or whatever. But they hear that going off. We see Wexler dead in the trunk of Paul's car, which means to show that like <gasps> Paul is the killer. Paul killed Wexler. Like they're in danger. Brenda just goes, "He's all yours," and then they run off. <laughs> Paul chases after them. Yeah. Paul chases (laughs) after them and yells for Natalie, but they're like, whatever. They both run into the woods. Natalie and Brenda get separated. She hears Brenda scream and tries to go back to her, but can't find her. Ends up on the road when a truck stops and it's the janitor. It's a very like creepy road, far from there, whatever. At this point, the janitor's like, oh, you must be cold because she's wet. He offers her his coat. It's the hooded coat that everyone (laughs) in the town. And she's starts to get really afraid that oh my god i was wrong it's not paul it's the janitor i was like you just want a dead body in paul's trunk how can you think it's anybody other than paul right now so she tells him like let me out let me out and he's like well the door won't open from the inside at this point they see a car coming with no lights the janitor flashes his lights the car turns and chases them with the high beams on it pulls up alongside them it's clearly the hooded killer and then it knocks them off the road it's like the poor janitor man if he had just let her out of the car he'd probably be alive <laughs> yeah at this point natalie gets out of the car and basically just runs away we see reese get back to her office and get her gun nice yeah i like her character yeah reese is oh, awesome oh the road the, the of divine is is the treasure man oh <laughs> yeah, absolutely she's so fantastic in this this is this is her film uh a couple films after waiting to exhale oh okay. she got nominated for all kind of awards for that she's she's always been one of my favorites uh She's great on Boston Public, the PJs. Like she <laughs> oh acted God, the Public, hell. She's so good. Yeah. yeah, she's one of those ones that whenever yeah. she pops up in something, you're just like, yes, I know I'm at least gonna like this scene if the rest of the movie is shit. Right. Yeah. She acted the hell out of that role. Yeah, <laughs> she's definitely the highlight of the sequel. I'll say yeah. that. Sure. Oh, okay. Um, she's got some real good badass moments. Yeah. Natalie gets back onto campus and goes to an emergency button. She's pressing and pressing and pressing, but since they don't have anybody there other than their one security guard who's off doing other stuff, no one's going to answer her. She (laughs) hears someone screaming. She assumes that it's Brenda inside of Stanley Hall. She sees that Stanley Hall is kind of like, you know, there's, there's methods of ingress available now. So she crawls in through a window. It's dirty. There's rats everywhere. It's super gross. She basically just follows the sounds of Brenda screaming through this like really dilapidated, dirty residence hall. She opens a door and finds the bodies of Parker, the Dean and Damon just like laid on the floor, super gross in various states of decay. Then she walks into another room and there's like candles everywhere. And you see Brenda like basically spread out on the bed and she thinks Brenda's dead. So she sits down and starts crying because she thinks that Brenda is dead then she just sits up and smashes Natalie in the head. Natalie is unconscious. Oh my god, that right hook <laughs> knocked her ass right off the bed, mm-hmm. too. <laughs> yeah. So Natalie wakes up. She's tied up. She's like, ah, gotcha. And she's like, you know what, though? You really proved your friendship. You came in here after <laughs> me. Like, you are a good friend. Like, oh my god. Basically, it's like... Had hmm. you guys figured this out at this point? Like, when you watched it originally or whatever? No. I didn't no. either. I, I think yeah. I thought it was there yeah. were so many red herrings throughout it. I'm like, no, they're gonna they're gonna yeah. switch it again somehow. Uh, yeah, you know? yeah. Like, it's too obvious. The, the only yeah. thing that bothers me about this, I, I I mean, I guess it's a trope. I don't know. Is that when the killers finally revealed that person who seemed more or less sane before just crosses over into Joker territory and just gets oh, all like yeah. animated and and extra scary, and it's like. 
Why does? <laughs> why can't they just be the same old person and be like, oh, also, I yeah. kill people. You know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> she definitely did oh, that. Like, yeah. oh yeah, she became Lady Extra Joker crazy. for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. one of the interesting things they said that they straightened her hair for most of the movie because her hair is naturally curly like that. And so they let it when the final scenes they let her hair oh. be her natural hair, and I'm like, okay, I have so many feelings about curly hair implying some sort of <laughs> what what does this say about uh how we view women okay <laughs> or how we view women how we view that texture of hair like oh yeah, yeah. also i yeah. meant to say this well, earlier because that's the thing is like there i there was just a thing recently that i was watching where it was like if you google like unprofessional women's hair it's it's basically curly black women's hair black women yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. same with uh men like mm-hmm. yeah yep. it's, a, it's a huge thing yeah, yeah. Well, I, I meant to say this I, earlier when we were mention. talking about <laughs> Superman saying it pisses me off that uh, Superman's only attractive when he takes his glasses off. <laughs> like, like what the hell, man? Well, that's like every like hair metal video from the '80s. You know, you take off the glasses, take down the hair, all yeah. of a sudden you're a superhero, right? That's that's how yeah. it works. That's a good point. But yeah, so they very intentionally like played down her naturally very curly hair to just like have it be her just wild ride of hair when she yeah, got the- here. The volume intensified, like it went up to eleven. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think I enjoyed this because I liked. I hadn't seen a slash or horror movie yet at that age where the woman was a killer. Was mm. the killer? Yeah. So yeah. that was super fun to me that it was a woman, and I just I kind of liked her level of insanity. Like I remember liking that she yeah. was the killer when I was younger. Yeah, I li- I like this reveal. Yeah. yeah. And if anything, you know, it's it, I don't know if any other point in the movie they mentioned her last name, but of course her last name is Bates, and that feels like yeah. they telegraphed uh, that. You know, yeah, like, uh-huh, we got you. <laughs> yeah. So basically, she tells Natalie not to scream. She had enough of that with Sasha, and has like, "You're fucking crazy. Like, why are you doing this?" And Brenda's like, "I've got a visual aid," and I was like, "That is the most college <laughs> sentence, yeah, like '90s college sentence." Ever. I just happen to set up a slide projector for you. Yeah, yeah. It's sure. It has a projector with pictures explaining everything. <laughs> and it reveals that the the guy that Natalie and Michelle killed when they were in high school was Brenda's boyfriend. Now, come on. Did anybody else think of Adam's family values? Yes. Yes. Thank <laughs> you. I totally <laughs> forgot to make a note of that. And yes. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Until yeah. I like, yeah. This is totally a, a Joan Cusack Debbie moment oh, right here. Thank you. I I meant to make a note of that because I started laughing. I was like, oh I need to God. remember to say this, and then I forgot. <laughs> I loved it. I'm like, this is. I love it. If if every like female antagonist <laughs> has to do a PowerPoint presentation to show, right. <laughs> like, see, this is where I went nuts. And oh man, about Debbie. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I have to watch that tonight now. <laughs> God, I love that movie. Yeah. But basically, Brenda goes on about how, you know, he was the love of her life. They were going to get married. Just that night, he gave her a necklace sort of as like a promise that that's what's going to happen. And there, you know, it was your car and you were there and you let this happen. Like, you know, you told me you were having difficulty forgiving yourself. Well, payback's a bitch. And now he's like, you need help. And she's like, you know, I tried that. It clearly didn't work. <laughs> All right. Um, and then she's talking about how, you know, she killed them with urban legends and then she's trying to decide what, to, how to kill Natalie. And I was thinking, you know, the kidney heist. I was like, all right. Reese at this point then busts into Stanley Hall with her gun, trying to, you know, trying to sneak in and, and save the day. Brenda's basically explaining how she's going to get away with it because she's going to frame Wexler. 
saying like it's it's all so clean like this is gonna be fine she's like you know what i'm gonna cut you open and she like basically stabs natalie a couple times oh man and she's like you know is this your kidney is this your kidney i don't know i'm just gonna grab the first organ i come across sorry i don't have any anesthesia and then goes to try and cut natalie open proper psycho like it yeah (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) then it gets kind of chaotic so reese comes in Nally manages, like, uncuffs one part of Nally. Nally gets the rest of herself uncuffed. Brenda gets a knife. She attacks Reese. The gun flies. Brenda gets the gun and shoots Reese. She turns to shoot Natalie and says that this was also about getting Paul, which is a weird time to explain that piece of it. But basically, like, you know, he's into you, but, like, I'm going to comfort him. And, you know, he's and I'm going to help him with his writing because I'll have all this to tell him. And like, it's going to be fine. Like, I'm going to get Paul, too. So like, supposedly this is all about your love of your life. But you're also kind of obsessed with Paul. Yeah. Well, she's got to find a new guy. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was around this time. I thought Paul wasn't on it as well. I'm like, maybe they're both in on this. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that same thing. Or Damon. If they're like before they reveal that he actually was dead. I thought he was a part of it. Mm-hmm. At this point, then Paul just comes in, giving Brenda the slow clap, saying, you know, Natalie fucked everything up for me with the Dean. This is like, you're just what I need, Brenda. This is just what I need. I'll, you know, I'll need some details, but you and me, we can be together. Just give me the gun and I'll take care of it. I'll take care of the rest. And Brenda's like, she wants to believe it. And she's like, no. <laughs> and then she has to decide who to kill first. So she does eeny, meeny, miny, mo, And then <laughs> Reese shoots her. <laughs> Because she has yeah. another gun. Natalie gets the first gun and shoots Brenda, who then falls out the window. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, one, never believe that, uh, especially anybody who's in any form of public safety, only has one gun. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Safe assumption. Um, also that Brenda just thought he was, Paul was super hot and knew that he had no interest in her and did not want to be with her no matter what he said. Yeah. Because you can just tell when he's like, just give me the gun that, like, you know, you knew he was not in on this. He was just trying to save Natalie. I just now thought about what it have been. I mean, yeah, this kind of ending would have fit better for a different movie. But what if somehow Natalie fucked up all their lives in some way, like everyone that supposedly died and they all just like banded together to like get her back kind of thing like that would have been just, like, torture the crap out of her yeah right just like literally drive her crazy like that would have been some shit <laughs> yeah at this point paul goes to take the gun from natalie uh they go to reese and try and help her they need to get help they kind of get everyone into the car together they're basically saying like the paramedics all, all the way like you know is this going to become a legend too they're in this car then up comes brenda with the axe trying to kill natalie because of course <laughs> They get to, like, this bridge. Nally slams on the brakes. Brenda basically goes flying out the windshield, and her body goes into the water. We know the police are coming at this point. So we know there's police, we know there's paramedics, like, Reese is still hurt. And then it kind of zooms zooms out, zooms into a different little college, little cafe area with a guy telling a story saying that they never found the body of the killer. You know, it ha- someone's like, yeah, that happened here at Ashton, which is a different college. Like, oh, there's a story at every campus. Where's your proof? And like, oh, it always gets covered up. <laughs> and then, um, you know, yeah, and Brenda was that girl from the Noxzema commercial, because she was. <laughs> and then suddenly Brenda leans in and she's like, you didn't tell it right. Here's how it really goes. And so we know, like, we know Brenda survived. That's a good ending. I that is a good ending. ending. That yeah. last scene is really good. Yeah. It's yeah, it's definitely very 90s, but like of the 
higher quality 90s endings, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Reese yeah. was a hero. She did her job effectively. You know, she saved yeah. a lot of people. Not everyone, but a lot of people. So yes. good for her. It did kind of bug me, though, that it cuts to, like, after after they leave that abandoned house or whatever, it's just an outside shot of the car. And Natalie's like, do you think Reese is going to be okay? And... And Paul's like, she's going to be fine. And then it cuts to the inside. It's like, oh, okay, we're just supposed to believe she's going to be yeah. fine because you said so. <laughs> you know, she was cut and shot, but she'll be fine. Cut and she'll shot, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Natalie was cut too, and she's just like rolling along. Yeah. And she did not get stabbed with a scalpel. Thank yeah. you. I'm like, I could not think of the word. I'm like, <laughs> cut, doctor like, cutter. <laughs> straight up stabbed in and then like slashed across her stomach. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. That wasn't a load bearing kidney. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay, man. so the theory in the trivia, because people said some of the negative reactions to this movie was like, how could Brenda have pulled this off? She's not that big. Um, you know, how could the story have gone down this way? And someone's like, well, you see Brenda at the end telling the story. It's that everything we just saw is the urban legend version. Like, this isn't the real version. This is all mm. the urban legend of the urban legend, where it's like everything is played up and more brutal, or like where it's almost like the, the villain is superhuman kind of thing. So it's like, if you view it from that lens, it all makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Okay. It, it would be kind of cool if they did a better sequel and it was like a, I guess basically a rehash of this movie, but being told as it happened. So like the same type of events happen, but they happen in a different way. Yeah. You know, they, could re, they could reboot this movie and it could work. I think. Yes. Like yeah. I think it would not take a lot. There would be some tweaking and I think there's new urban legends they could use related to like our digital life. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think would be imagine, very effective. imagine like you know Blumhouse making oh this. my god it's so good yeah it'd be um, so scary <laughs> yeah have you guys ever seen VHS uh yeah um, uh, I don't think the, I've seen that one there's like there's like three of them um but one of them is a really good story I can't remember the entire title because it's kind of a funky title it's like the strange thing that happened to Jane or something like that but the whole segment because it's an anthology the whole segment is just her talking to I don't know if it's her boyfriend or a friend but they're basically doing this they're just talking over skype and she just keeps saying like oh there's like weird things like going on in my house because she's home all alone and then like they just talk every night and things just she just keeps getting more and more scared and then one night um you know the entire segment is done you know on skype windows or whatever and then like the boyfriend's talking to her all of a sudden something just runs out of her room behind her (laughs) oh god yeah right and like he was and the boyfriend is like what was that and she's like what was what (laughs) oh yeah yeah I could definitely see this working. Like like I said, this original one, if a few things were different, I can't place exactly what all of them are, but definitely rebooting this would be a good idea. I mean, I'd be surprised if they're not thinking about doing that anyway. It would be a fun project for like Shudder or something like that. If they just went back to horror movies that didn't do too well when they Mm -hmm. were released and then remake them. With a brand yeah. new cast and a brand new director, you know, just mm-hmm. to try to salvage something. I think yeah. that'd be pretty cool. And this is definitely ripe for, to make it even an anthology series, like six or eight episodes. Each one is a different urban legend and there you go. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. that is perfect. Yeah. That would work. Um, I thought it was kind of funny. One of the things in the trivia says that uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar accepted the role of Sasha, but had to back out due to her scheduling conflicts with Buffy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, that would have been kind of fun to get to see her be a character like Sasha. I was going to yeah. say all the better for this movie because everyone asked me why I don't like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and my answer is Sarah Michelle Gellar. 
Oh, wow. I'm sorry. I'm, You're wrong on a lot of fronts now. <laughs> I hate being those people who, like, this is going to come out really wrong. This is not how I mean it. By the way they look, something about Sarah Michelle Gellar just bugs me, and I can't watch her in anything, so therefore yeah. I've never watched I, I can't stand super hot blondes either. Like, it's just... <laughs> Yeah. There's something about him. I tell you, yeah. well, I, I know exactly. You have what one you fuck Brad. your life up, and then everything changes. Yeah. But like Brett, like I totally get you. Like the the guy on the boys that plays Homelander, there's Ooh. something about his just everything. <laughs> it's like, yeah. don't even say a word. I do not like you. I yeah, don't know. that's that's intentional though. Like they've de- like something. He's doing shit with his face or something. <laughs> I, I, I hope so. I hope so. Because so. I don't want to meet him in person and be like. No, and just walk away. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like whatever they're doing with his makeup to make his teeth pop and oh, or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, like they're making his eyes look small. I almost feel like that's what it is because the rest of his features are so exaggerated, like his cheekbones and his mouth and his teeth. But I feel like they're just making him like really teeny little eyes. <laughs> they're doing something. With his <laughs> yeah, I'm only like watching. I'm watching the boys on the periphery because the first season was just too much for me. So like oh, my yeah. husband watches it and I kind of catch little bits of it and make him tell me what happens. For it not to be horror, it's some just bloody disgusting stuff on the screen. I haven't you know? watched it, but I, yeah, I, I was caught in the first three that came out. We yeah. got to the end of the third episode. Like, Joey's just watching the last, like, five minutes. Like, not even five minutes. It was, like, three minutes. And, like, you knew that Homelander was going to kill somebody. And he kept going like this. And nope. I was like, what? And he goes, this episode, this season has been really gross. And I was like, well, okay. Do you remember <laughs> the first season? Because <laughs> it was very gross as well. It was very gross. <laughs> It's very gross. Oh man! But you know what? I I just appreciate that on some level there are certain things about the boys like we're going there with television. Yeah. I'm like, all right, there are certain things that need to be talked about. Let's do that. I need I need to catch up. I've only I think I only finished like the third episode of the first season, and then that was it. Okay, yeah, there's somebody in a previous movie we were talking about where I was like, I just don't like this person. And now I can't remember who it was. Yeah, yeah. I, I felt that way about Jared Leto in this. I was like, I just don't like you. I don't like your face. I don't like that you started a cult <laughs> recently. I don't like. Yeah, yeah, I think that the the more you know about him, the more you dislike him. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I've just I never been a fan of him in general. Allison Lohman from Drag Me to Hell. I just don't like her face. Yeah. <laughs> and see, I feel that way about Anthony Anderson, who ironically oh. <laughs> <laughs> was in the sequel to the film. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. In, he's in Urban he, Legends. I've I mean, never seen. Doesn't yeah. go well for him. I was gonna mm-hmm. say I was gonna spoil something about him in that movie, but I don't know if I will if, if anybody's gonna watch it who hasn't seen it. <laughs> I don't think anyone cares. But... Okay, it's it's just one of the like dumbest deaths ever. Because from if I remember correctly, because I just watched it, and I already forgot what happened, but I just know like the killer's coming at him, and for some reason, you know, he's holding onto like a metal railing, and the damn killer just like cuts a cable and just shoves the cable onto the metal railing <laughs> and fries him. I'm like, dude. Take your fucking hand off. Like, how hard is it? (laughs) You're watching him do this. Take your hand off. Like, how hard is it? (laughs) I will say, though, his character is pretty fun in that movie, though, because he's a a practical effects specialist. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's his role in the the film that they're making in the movie is just creating practical effects. I'm like, that's pretty cool. They are very enthusiastic about their jobs and boobs. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. It's also got the waitress from Frasier that Niles dates for a couple episodes and she's always she's always fun in anything she pops up in. She's also in Valentine, which is the 
second movie this director did. Mm. I'm down for any Fraser connection. That's that's cool. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I'll try my best to make anything connect to Fraser. If anybody follows me, they know that. <laughs> yeah, well, we already know that I like deeply love Niles. Oh yeah, God yeah. Okay, wait. I we're gonna take a slight divergence. Okay, we're already at like two hours. Who cares? All right. So I asked Joey the other day, like, who's, like, your crush? Or, like, it's weird that I have a crush on this person. Like, it can be a character, it can be a person, whatever. But for me, like, mine is, like, Niles. Like, I am, like, like I just look at Niles Crane and his, like, weirdness and neuroses. And I'm, like, I will break you. Like, my whole body is, like, I will destroy you. Like, I just know that I feel that way. It's, like, who is your, like, you're, like, this is kind of weird that I have a crush on this person. Or, that like, I'm, like, that one. I want that one. <laughs> All right, who's going first? Nah. I was going to say, you yeah, know what? I honestly, I honestly don't think I have one because anytime people ask me, like, oh, who's your celebrity crush? I can never think of anybody because I was just telling somebody that there's some celebrities that are just so attractive to the point it's beyond being attractive. Now they just look like a product that's trying to be sold and it's like too perfect. I'm like, no, just doesn't appeal to me anymore. You know what I mean? It's yep. it's very rare you find someone Ooh, who's I don't have not that problem. overly attractive. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think I was picky, I, but apparently I, I am. The, like, I don't have the weird thing. I'm like, I, I like, I'm like, eh. Every time I think of someone, I'm like, no, she's she's just gorgeous. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I can't really think of any off the top of my head. We did celebrity crushes like a while ago on the show, and I think the 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 theme of my celebrity crushes is I'm always late to the party. Because like I watched, I used to watch a lot of Nick at Night growing up and like old movies and stuff like that. So I think like um, Elvira is probably mine. Oh okay, yeah, because yeah. she's yeah, just that's a funny. Good one. She's fun. Yeah. She seems like she's a good like fun person to be around. Yeah right. <laughs> like I just want to talk to you for a while. What's up? <laughs> yeah, I think my fixation on Jesse Eisenberg is pretty weird too. Yeah, yeah, he's weird. <sighs> I just. I just like watching him talk. There's something about his mouth. <laughs> I'm just like, I just want to watch him talk because he talks so quickly and with so much edge. I'm like, if I let myself present outwardly as angry as I am inwardly most of the time, I we would be very similar. So maybe that's things like I see myself in Jesse Eisenberg. And I'm like, I just really like your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> If there's an alternate title of the episode, that's it. <laughs> I just really like your mouth. I just really like yep. your mouth. Oh, man. Does, does anybody watch Workaholics or did they watch Workaholics? Yeah. I watched some of it. Uh, yeah. There's there's an episode where like they all go out to a bar or something like that and they get introduced to these girls and the girls walk away and, uh, oh my God, what's his name? Blake, the dude with the curly hair. They're all walking away and everyone's like, oh yeah, she's really hot, this and that. And Blake just goes, I like her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely the Blake of most scenarios. So <laughs> it's, it's really even hard to articulate sometimes. I don't know if you guys have the same thing where like someone will ask you like, Oh, what kind of, uh, what do you like? And th- I'm like, I, I just know when I see it like that. Yeah. Like, or, yeah. I, I, it's hard for me to say like this, this, I just, I like what I like, like, you know, so like, it's hard. To... I'm like, I'm attracted to everyone on some level. And then there's various weird specific things where I'm like, I find this bizarrely attractive. Like people who have like really like their eye teeth stand out. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. The fang. Like you have like when they got like fang eye teeth, I'm like, yep. Yeah, my brother has that. Like, he looks yeah. a little bit like a like a werewolf a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I pay a lot of attention to people's teeth. Like there is a person where like I literally saw them and I was like, I don't know what the rest of you looks like because I can't like your teeth are amazing. I'm oh my God. Like, okay. I saw 
I saw that since we're already on the tangent, I saw this girl on a dating app the other day and she was like, show me your teeth. Like every <laughs> answer was like, show me your teeth. And I was like, I fucking hate it here. And close oh, no. like, I'm done today. That's it. I'm going to die alone. And it's better than that. Oh, <laughs> it's the spooky season. You should have fucked with her and said, which set? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, oh. I just I'm far away from this person. <laughs> I'm going to make you do teeth, Brad. Just throwing that one out there. Oh, I've seen it before. I love that movie. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> Have you guys oh, seen the Teeth? Getting no, I remember the trailer for it, though, and being like, uh, is this what I think it is? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it is. I have not seen Teeth, now. Do you know what it's, right. a, what it's about? <laughs> no, no. Give give me a give me an explanation there. It, I'm not sure. It's uh, it's just Uh-oh. about this. I, I, I want to make sure I get the uh, the phrasing of the condition if you will Reason. correct yeah. um yeah. it is called hold on let me look it up vagina real quick dentata. that's what i thought it was say it again vagina dentata <laughs> oh, oh 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 yeah no. you got teeth oh no yeah. see okay because, i thought they imply that it's an effective ra- a side effect of radiation <laughs> which oh, is amazing <laughs> but it's um, like <laughs> but basically every dude in this town is also a rapist so the yeah. teeth are necessary it's always yeah. Her experience with her teeth and non-consensual sex. Okay, all right, that's fair. That's totally fair. And and now it, in my head canon, I'm thinking that it looks like the teeth that Jim Carrey had in the mask. Oh, and it's just like, somebody shot me. Oh my god! That's no. somehow more frightening than if it was like fangs. Like yeah. yeah, exactly. Like if it was like cracking wise while it was going to town. Oh, like, oh man. no. Smoking. See, I thought the scariest tooth monster was that thing from Channel Zero Candle Cove. You know, where it's just teeth on teeth on teeth on teeth. You know, no, this is this is much more scary. This is concentrated (laughs) in a very specific area. Candle Cove got nothing on that. (laughs) Oh man, maybe maybe we'll have you guys come back and do teeth. That would be kind of funny. (laughs) I I did not agree to this. I'm not doing it. No. And you know what? For being the the premise of the movie, it's actually like very well done. It's actually very funny, but at the same time, it's very scary too. Like they they could have hammed it up so so hardcore, but they I feel like they handled it really well. If it just scared one dude away from doing something just like <laughs> untold, it served yeah. its purpose. But also, it shouldn't have to scare somebody away. No, it should. <laughs> You're giving a little bit too much credit to movies here, but yeah. I'm saying if somebody's of that low IQ where they're like considering doing something shitty like that, then this movie is going to scare them. Like, oh, yeah. what if, what by if all she, means. It's like Jim Carrey. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Smoking. <laughs> oh, man. I can't unthink it now. A-R-T-Y? <laughs> because I no. got it. Yeah. No, no, no. All right, oh. let's talk about the trivia for this movie because some of it's pretty weird. It sounds okay. like you sounds like you've got some good ones. So if you want to go ahead, oh sure, yeah. I, I like I said, I was bored. I read a lot. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, I thought the fun part was that you brought up like swinging the axe in the SUV. They originally supposed oh, yeah. to use a Land Rover, but they had to switch to the Ford Expedition because it was the largest available four by four because they couldn't. There wasn't enough room to swing an axe in a, in a Land Rover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing is how could someone have enough force i mean if it's a sharp axe you don't need a whole lot to at least yeah. mortally wound them let alone you know straight up cut their damn head off yeah 
Uh, Daniel Harris and Tara Reed, so Tosh and Sasha, were roommates in real life before they shot the film. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah I, just cool. saw, I just saw that Reese Witherspoon turned down the role of Natalie. Wow. Which, I mean, I'm, I'm going to say that would have been better just because I'm not a fan of Alicia Witt. So. It absolutely would have been better. <laughs> yeah. I watched it. I watched a terrible movie with Paul Rudd and Reese Witherspoon from the the 90s. And I was like, this movie is not good. Like, she's a stripper and he's like taking a trip with her or something. But like, they were really good. Like, this is the only reason to watch it. So like, yeah, she would have elevated this movie. Had it been anybody else, turn it off. (laughs) (laughs) The working title of that film had to be Stripper Trip. You know it had to be. Yeah. (laughs) I remember this was one of three movies that joshua jackson filmed at the university of toronto (laughs) the skulls was also filmed here as well as a movie called gossip ah damn i was gonna say it was mighty ducks one of them (laughs) yeah (laughs) he might as well get no those were filmed in minnesota my dude (laughs) you what those were filmed in minnesota for the most part oh wow all right well i mean you know that is surprising you'd think they'd be in canada exactly that's Yeah. yeah They illicit. wanted to use actual locations in the cities, though. That was a big part of it. Oh. Because, <laughs> like, that. when they... In the second movie, they, like, actually skated through the Mall of America. Like, I remember reading about that in the paper. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I was with my visiting my dad in Minnesota at the time when it happened. Oh, Very that would have been cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw that Melissa Joan Hart also or turned down the role of Nat- Natalie. That would have been... That would have been terrible. Once again... <sighs> it would have been better than what we got, though, I think. Uh, maybe it's because I've never seen her do anything dramatic i don't know it would have been yep. interesting for that fact but uh yeah i, I mean she's I, i'm like you know what you may drive me crazy like you get a pass <laughs> i just always think of clarissa <laughs> and so and can't hardly wait <laughs> yeah yeah oh, let's see i don't know it's kind of weird weird trivia for here uh it says joshua jackson used his salary from this movie to buy his mother a house so look at that Aww. oh sweet. sweetheart i mean I just saw a cute random video the other day of his wife that I guess he got married to last year or whatever. She had done an interview several years back and they were like, who is your first movie crush or whatever? And she was like, she was kind of like giggly and she was like, well, it wasn't a movie or whatever. And they're like, okay, well, then who was it? And it was Pacey from Dawson's Creek. And then she ended up marrying him. Like, well, pretty no, do you she know also, she knew what she was doing? You know, yeah. <laughs> like a long game there. Yeah. <laughs> Did any of you guys watch Brooklyn Nine Nine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The actress who plays Amy Melissa Fumero, she was on a soap opera, but when she was growing up, she had a crush on the guy she actually ended up marrying because she met him on that soap opera because he was in a Mariah oh. video. That's wow. cool, and that's who she ended up marrying. I was like, that's so cute. Yeah, that is really cute. So consider this came out. Oh wow, this came out on my birthday, September twenty fifth, in nineteen ninety eight. I want to ask you guys what you think. So just looking at it from the late nineties perspective, how much do you think this movie cost to make? That it's that you think. Well, hmm. Um, late nineties. I'm thinking I'm like gonna... maybe ten million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh. Well, if we're going by um, Price is Right rules, uh, Lex, you went over, so you lose. Uh, it was fourteen. It was fourteen million, though. Uh, it was fourteen million, and it, and it made a uh, seventy-two and a half million. So that's not a oh wow, that's not, right. not a terrible Cleaned return. Yeah. yeah, the Latin motto of the university, which is featured on its emblem in some scenes, translates as "the best friend did it." Oh wow! <laughs> what kind of fucking oh. motto is that? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. 
Did you have any other trivia? Uh, yeah, I do. Okay. Rebecca Gayhart was actually charged and found guilty of vehicular manslaughter because she killed a kid. Jesus I, Christ. I didn't know if we were going to bring this up. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's... Well, I knew this. Yeah, I, I you know, it's funny because I, I knew this about her, and I, I was like, too. I want to bring it, it up, but I don't want to watch this. Yeah, yeah, she like like killed a kid. When like, did that when, when was yeah? When was this? I think it was after the movie. Yeah, uh, I, think I think it was in the in the early two thousands. What's wow. her name again? Rebecca, Rebecca Gayhart. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was, and weirdly, like you don't hear about it. I mean, it was an accident. But she pled um, guilty. That's the other piece of it too. Like she didn't. Uh, that was in uh two thousand one. So it's after this movie by quite a bit. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, she okay, she yeah. had some. She's pretty consistent on the acting scene even after that. Like mm-hmm. it's nothing like big or anything, but I see she's so, got like some. Something credits. very similar happened with uh with Matthew Broderick. Really? You guys not know about what happened? No. Yeah, Matthew Broderick and uh, Jennifer Grey. They were together when it happened. Yeah, oh. Matthew Broderick. They killed like two people, right? Wow. In that car Holy accident. Shit. In the nineties, I believe they were in Ireland. Were they? Let's was it just a genuine accident, or were they drunk? Oh, I'm sorry. I think... 19, 1987. Um, I think he, he was rented... under the influence. Whoa. Okay, so he rented a BMW in Northern Ireland, and uh, they, had, they had a head-on... They were crossing the wrong lane, head-on collision with a Volvo. The driver and her mother were both killed instantly. He was vacationing with Jennifer Grey. Uh, he had a fractured leg, rib, concussion. She received minor injuries. Um, including whiplash. He had no recollection of the crash, did not know why he'd been in the wrong lane. He was charged with uh, dangerous driving and faced five years in prison, but was convicted of a lesser charge of careless driving and had to pay $175. Wow. I mean, yeah. like, I feel like if he was under the influence, he would have been in jail for quite a while. Yeah. That's manslaughter yeah. at the it very least. Like, it sounds like the, the wrong lane thing Maybe yeah. it was like nighttime and he got into like his right and left lane, you know, like how it's different. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm guessing that look and and it sounds like the uh the Rebecca Gayhart thing was another similar situation the, where he was the kid was jaywalking and one yeah. car stopped and she went to move around it. And that yeah. happened. Yeah. And he was not like that was a nine year old kid. So uh, yeah. you know, yeah, this... it was definitely an accident. Like, yeah, this, this says she play, uh, pleaded no contest. She was sentenced mm-hmm. to three years probation, one year suspension of her license, a $2,800 fine, and 750 hours of community service. Yeah. She also paid for all of the hospital bills and funeral costs. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I mean, the guilt you have over that, like, is... Far like, and outweigh anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Drinking or anything. But yeah, I was like, oh, I didn't... I, I knew about that. But I was like, I'm not going to bring that up. <laughs> there was some other movie we... Oh, it was Tremors. It was the lady in Tremors. I was like, oh, I wonder... When we were do, Right before we recorded that, I was like, oh, I wonder what she's been up to. Oh, <laughs> she's, she's been... A, yeah, she's been arrested for like 30 counts of credit card fraud. Like, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, man. That's crazy. Are we going to do our... You want to do our rating? Yeah, we should rate this movie. So, out of five cheeseburgers... I mean, I do. I really enjoy this movie. Like, it is terrible. It is wonderful. I watch it every year on Halloween, but I, I still think it's only three for me. Um, like, I am entertained maybe three and a half. 
Because I'm entertained. I really like, like, I like parts of the cast and I like individual moments a lot, but it's just not, it's like Lex is right. It's missing something. Like there's just some element that could make this movie a truly great movie. That's not there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I was going to give it a three and a half, but maybe, you know, it's three and, and just like a, a side and a french of, fry. I was going to say a side <laughs> of like some, some warmed up, some, some fries yeah. that went cold. Three burgers and a up. french fry. But, but yeah. you know, not the microwave that, uh, Michael Rosenbaum's dog was in. That's oh not, God. Not that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm going to have to continue the trend and give it three, three cheeseburgers as well. Simply because, yeah, it's like, like I said, it's missing something. And, I honestly don't know what could have helped this film out. Um, I, I know that you guys are talking about the sequel a little bit and how it's a lot better, but yeah, this was just very basic. There's, there's just something there, but it was fun to see a lot of these stars that were going to do huge things in the future yeah. mm-hmm. and, you know, yes. see how they started with their blonde and present mm-hmm. hair. Yeah. So that was cool. And especially cause there was, a, you know, it also could have been a lot worse. There were some terrible movies, slasher movies that followed oh, Scream, yeah. and this is definitely one of the better ones. Yeah. yeah it I kept me guessing, so it, it earned those cheeseburgers. Yeah. yeah, I think the thing that keeps it from being in, like, the four category is that you feel... Sometimes it's more frustrating when you feel like a movie should be much better than it is. Where you're like, this premise is good, you've got a good cast, there's something here... You have something, but you just it, it didn't completely click or it didn't completely work. And so, yeah, I agree with the three. Like it just never hits that that point where mm-hmm. it could have been much better and been like a classic in that way. Yeah. Instead of like a cult kind of fun movie you watch every once in a while. Just the, like I said in the beginning, just the kind of the, the, the nostalgia behind it. Yeah. 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 Uh, anybody got anything else they want to add? Is that? Should we wrap this thing up or? Yeah. All right. Um, I'll do my normal wrap up and then um, you can also let, uh, let everybody know where to find you guys. Um, so as always, thanks for listening. Links to all our social medias in the description. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We can be found on Instagram and Twitter at ScaryBestPod. Uh, Lex and Matt, where can we find you guys? Me. All right. <laughs> Matt just pointed to me. Uh, so we are at Lex and Matt across the board on all social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Uh, the best place to get a hold of us is probably Instagram. Um, and the podcast Lex and Matt's Excellent Adventure is streaming everywhere. So anywhere you listen to podcasts, uh, rate, review, subscribe helps us as well. And we are also on Patreon. So if you listen to us and you love it, you can go to patreon.com slash Lex and Matt and subscribe to the show. Yes. Even if you don't love it, teach us a lesson. We're giving us $5 yeah. a month. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, Matt, you mm-hmm. want to shout out our personal socials? Sure. I'm at Mighty Ink Matt across the board. Yeah. I'm at the Lex Lutz on uh, Twitter and Instagram. All right. And uh, next week, uh, we are talking about the last movie in our back to school series with our listener vote movie, 2017's Happy Death Day. Yeah. Well, everyone, until next time, as always, be your scary best. <laughs>